everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. We're taking your calls tonight. If you want to get in the queue, the number is 614-655-3887. We want to hear from you. You can talk to the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And we're also playing right now live in Columbus, Ohio on WCRS-FM. That's uh, 98.3 or 92.7 if you're in Columbus. Try out both of those. It should come up. Uh, There's a bunch of other amazing locally produced content that's available. And uh, we've got some heavy hitters too. I think Final Straw is on there from time to time. uh, And Democracy Now! So if you're looking for a good radio station for your car in Columbus, Ohio, add 98.3 or 92.7 WCRS Community Radio to your dial. Uh, my name is Brett Payne, my co-host is Brian Quinby, and we are going to continue to spread this mess across the U.S. as long as we are blessed enough to have the support of everyone that shows up and spreads the word and tells people about it. Uh, the Anvil Mania t-shirts are out in the mail. A lot of you have gotten them by now, but they are all gone. So if you pre-ordered one of those Nate Bear shirts, uh, let us see them. Send us pictures on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, wherever it may be. We want to see how those shirts look. They came out really good. We raised $600 for South Jersey Mutual Aid, so that was a really big deal. Uh, New pre-order is up, available at store.streetfightradio.com. If you want merch, if you want to support the show, you want pins, patches, stickers, zines, and more, head to store.streetfightradio.com. Get in on that, support the show, then we won't sell you mattresses. How's your day going, Brian? Tired. I'm very tired tonight. I might be very low energy because of the uh, daylight savings time, which I hate. Do not like or or whatever fault. Wait, it's spring forward. Spring is. forward. I don't know yeah. what it's called. Yeah, that was it was tough. Um, I did spring cleaning today and we were like, where did the fucking time go? And then realized that it was an hour later than we expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. The time was bad. I, I really got, like, just my ass kicked today. I uh, did my back breaks. Didn't get done until, like, 20 minutes before I got here. So I'm, like, really tired. And, like, now I'm sore, too. I'm, like, so low energy. I had to take a shower. So I'm cold. Yeah. You know? Well, we'll get you rough a, night. Yeah, we'll get you a trophy for completing the show. It's gonna be hard, man. There was there was some hairy times where it didn't look like I might not even be able to make it because I couldn't get my tire back on. Oh, well, you know, glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. It's it's nice to be doing podcasting instead of breaks right now. I'm just like I'm I'm so out of it. I'm so fucking out of it. It's been a it's been such a long day. I I hate I hate the time change. I hate losing an hour. It's so impossible to decide when you're a stays up late guy, you know? It's so hard to fix yourself to that t- that time change thing at night. Like when you get the hour back and you're a stays up late guy, that's a godsend. You get an extra hour. You wake up at 11 instead of noon. But when you're a stays up late, sleeps late guy, all of a sudden it's three o'clock in the morning out of nowhere, you know, like last night it was two, it was one o'clock in the morning and then it was three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, fuck, now I'm going to be up till five watching the shield. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do your duty though. Got to do my duty. Someone's got to watch those shows. Somebody's got to watch the shield. People made them. Yeah. You got to appreciate them. Yeah. 
I don't know how many shields I'll get through tonight. I usually get through three when I get home, but I don't know. I might not make it tonight. Might only get one or two in. Oh, that's sad. Think about all those people that re rely on your streaming dollars. Yes, 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 yes. Think about Vic Mackey. You know, I'm not going to know what happens with him as time goes on. He's he's having a rough time. Him and him and uh, uh, his captain Aceveda. He's having a tough time. You know. Yeah. I don't know. He's he's had a bad couple days. So I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Detective Wims or Dutch Boy or... Uh, all the greats. Yeah, all the greats. <laughs> I, like, I don't usually remember names. I was surprised I was able to throw out that many names of characters. I've watched whole shows and didn't know anybody's name. Like I've watched like five seasons of a TV show and been like I I don't know is that is, guy is that one Tig the main guy yeah yeah the main guy the guy with the thing on his face the guy with the jeans that's how I remember everybody right you know so yeah been a been a day been a day very sore very sore had a lot of nuts that didn't want to break you know that that's the worst. And I didn't have any PB blaster to really blast those things out. Big mistake. I know. I should have bought some PB blaster, especially after I went back to the store in the middle to get an extendo for my uh, socket wrench. I was like, oh, I should buy some PB blaster and didn't even. It's nice. It's like it's nice to have around. It's like Benadryl. Like you don't you don't want to you don't have to go to the store when you need it. You just need to have it there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I had PB Blaster, though. But everything I own, my toolbox is the trunk of my car. Okay. I keep all my tools and everything in the trunk of my car. Okay, so you're ready to work. You're ready to work. Yeah, I just don't want to take them in the house. I Because I don't know where I'd put them in the house. I don't have a toolbox, you know? Yeah. I should buy one. I got enough Maybe. tools now to have a toolbox, you know? It's impressive. You know what I almost bought today? A uh, jack, like the the big jack with the uh, big handle to like really where you can just really jack up your car in like a second. Yeah, I almost bought one of those, but I chickened out. I didn't want to spend that much money, you know, but boy, wouldn't it be nice to have one of them big jacks, a floor jack? Yeah, that is a that is a dream. <laughs> well, Father's Day is coming up. Maybe Harbor Freight will have a good deal on it. It is a dream, though, man. I agree. I mean, the little scissor-ass thing that you have to assemble with all the little fucking parts, and it's like barely held together, and you're trying you're trying to live a three thousand vehicle three thousand pound vehicle off the ground with like a, a little tiny erector set. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing, and and like it's the screw thing, so it's like it just it takes fucking. More revolutions than I've lived during around the sun. Yeah. You know? To get it up. It's just like, oh my fucking God, are we going to be doing this all day? And then you get it up there and you're like, oh, I got it up there. Everything's great. We're up. You know? Yep. And then the worst part is down. Getting it down? Got, yeah. Because you got to crank the fucking thing down too. That's why you buy the floor jack. Because then you just, you just psh, it's yep. done, man. That thing's so. down, you know? But, and then you lose the uh, big handle, so you have to use a screwdriver to <laughs> yeah. pump it up. You, you know what I mean? A, a wrench with a PVC pipe on the handle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that happens. But you got one. 
I don't right. work on my car enough because I only know how to do one thing, you know, yeah. brakes, everything else. I got to take it in. Yeah. You know, but brakes, you got covered, but I'm trying to get the old Kia soul up to up to snuff, you know, really like just make it a joy to drive. Yeah. Um, I got to drive. I got to drive to Asheville, North Carolina in like three months. So I really want that car to be in tip top shape driving to Asheville, North Carolina shape. I don't want to rent a car. No, no, I do not want to do that. I can't imagine a worse feeling. I I love renting cars. Thousand dollars. It's not going to oh, cost yeah, less a than a thousand dollars for a whole week. I'm, fuck who even knows three days. They're not a thousand for three days. They're expensive. It's expensive. It's a whole expense. And you got to put gas in it. I think if you rent a car, they should put gas in it for you. You like, you should get the fr- the gas for free. I pay for this car. Yeah. They should just have a card in there you can use. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the part that's like, ugh, you know? And Katie's like, we're going to rent a car when we drive down there. I was like, that's what you fucking think. You know, I'm going to have this fucking Kia Soul running like a champion. We'll see. Yeah, I know. It's It's been through hell recently. So we'll see. We'll see. It was a rough day, though, man. I'm super sore. I'm like. Yeah, I was. I've been. Uh, I uh, somebody. I, I wish I wrote down the name. I'm, I'm bad at this. And this is this is on me. But somebody uh, listener sent me an Xbox 360. And so I went and bought the Connect and hooked up Fruit Ninja. So I've been playing Fruit Ninja all weekend long. And mm. geez, I'm real sore, too. Yeah. Just like I feel it all in my lats. In my back, everywhere, just too much fruit ninja. I've been slicing up too much fruit. <laughs> you should hear how I'm so bad at lefty loosey righty tidy that like I almost stripped one of those fucking bolts on the car because I was hiding yanking it? on it the wrong way, just <laughs> oh, yanking on it. I, it I was know. it was getting dire, and I was just like, and then you realized. How many corners did you take off the bow? How many? Oh, they're almost, corners? they're all pretty loose, man. You're not getting that off with a regular wrench. You're getting that off with a socket from now on. Okay. Cause I tried to do a regular wrench with a hammer and I was just tightening the <laughs> fucking thing, you know? God, no, no, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. It was bad. Exactly. It yeah. was bad because then it I took the other piece bad. and I was like, I, I, so I, what I did was I was like, maybe I'm going the wrong way. So I took the other bolt that came off and I screwed it back on slightly and was like, okay, yeah, that was the tight way. Yeah, I was doing it the tight way. Yeah. The I, tight way is not the right way. Yeah, yeah. I was doing it's it the tight new, way. New, that was new a, rhyme. That was an issue. It was just, it didn't go well. I thought I was going to be able to do all four breaks in four hours. That was my plan. Okay. Get it done. How, yeah. how what, what would you clock? I got two done in four hours. Well. That's that why included people, that's why people pay. That's that why. included a walk to the auto. Oh, okay. That I had to do. That's fine. Better than paying Midas to do it. Yeah, I didn't want to pay. I don't. I never want to pay somebody to do brakes. You know, I might have to next time. I had to get rotors. Rotors a little. Uh, not my rotors ain't doing too well. But you know. Yeah. I once asked somebody what what why do you change your rotors and they were like because they wear the brake pads quicker and I'm like is that all because brake pads like twenty six dollars <laughs> right you know I'll rotors buy- are super expensive and I have to buy another special tool for that I have to fill this car up with air every week so if I just have to do 
rotor. If I have to do brake pads every month, I'll just consider it like a subscription. Yeah, to yeah. Braking. Yeah, twenty six bucks, man. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're you're taking over. You're taking control of your transportation life. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm so tired though. I am really. I I don't know how good I'm gonna be tonight. That's my warning. I don't know how good I'm going to be tonight because I am just. I'm a mess. All right. Brett, I'm a mess. We ready to start taking calls? Let's take the calls. Maybe we can get out of here early. I've got a good one this week. Um, I, I We've got a lot of people that are going to call in tonight. Uh, this first one is uh, Morgan Harper, who we've talked to before. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Morgan. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Thanks for calling. Good, good. How are you all doing? Sounds tired. I am so tired. I got to tell you, Morgan. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> but I'm alive. I'm doing okay. I, I think I'll wake up eventually during this show. I'm, well, we're about to come alive. Get ready. Yeah. Well, and then, like, here's another thing I didn't get to. The weather changed while I was doing this. So, like, when you're doing something outside yeah. and the weather changes while you're doing it, you're like, this is this was a bad idea. I thought it was going to start raining. I was so scared. But uh, just the cold <laughs> wind blowing on my, uh, uh, you know, ill-fitting shirts and stuff like that. So Back's hanging out. You're back, getting, yep. your little, that little area on your back <laughs> is just getting frosty. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> so, uh, That's a, it's a beautiful image. Yes. <laughs> So, so Morgan, uh, I, I reached out, uh, reached out because I was following along with your Instagram and I saw a few weeks mm -hmm. ago that, um, you went and, well, I guess you zoomed in, uh, and talked to the antitrust subcommittee in Congress. And, and I wanted to check in and yeah. see, see what you're up to now. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good to hear from you. And I'm happy to be back. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of up to a lot of things, but ha how I found my way to the antitrust subcommittee is because during the day I'm working for an organization called American Economic Liberties Project, which is a D.C.-based advocacy organization, but they're kindly letting me work from Columbus. And they're sort of focused on competition policy and really this, like, concentration crisis that we have in terms of, like, every market being dominated by a few large corporations that destroy everyone around them, pretty much, yeah. and their employees. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, so we're really focused on that. And one of the biggest fights right now in that space is big tech, like Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple. The antitrust subcommittee did this whole 16th month investigation last year and this report, like 400 page report, just detailing all the ways in which they abuse their power. And so now new Congress, they're moving forward with the legislative stage and they wanted to bring some people back in to talk about what those um, legislation, well, hopefully what that legislation will look like to do something about it. I, I've been thinking, I, I, we talked about the, this movie a couple weeks ago called the, uh, Walmart, the high cost of low prices. And I do remember uh -huh. in like the two thousands being like, nothing could be as evil as Walmart. That's the thing. Exactly. And then Amazon <laughs> is so just, true. Yeah, yeah. Amazon is just like, wow. Okay. Something could be more evil than Walmart. It makes, and, and, right. and it's good that you're, you're focused on like kind of the big tech stuff because what that makes me think is, is like, you know, nothing was bigger than MySpace for like 
five mm-hmm. years. Like everybody was on MySpace right. and then it turned to Facebook. And then, you know, now it's kind of more spread out among Twitter and Instagram, which is still Facebook. But like something mm-hmm. could have something could consolidate even more than Amazon and take more. It's like when you log on to the internet, you used to have to go to separate web pages to like do a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like when you log on, you go to three websites. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's funny you say the Walmart thing. Cause right. Like when we, I think we're all like kind of close in age and uh, yeah, that was, that was the enemy, right? Like target enemy, number one, public enemy, number one, Walmart. And really what they're, these companies are doing is so much more dominant. I mean, Walmart is still bad for sure. But these other companies, I think it is the combination. Like, it's not your imagination what's happening on the internet. They're dominating the ad <laughs> tech space, right? Like all those advertisements that we see that are really based on the surveillance and data collecting that they're doing while you're spending time on their platforms and then driving your web experience. So, you know, that's the interesting thing because right now there's this whole like referendum on the past 40 years of antitrust policy that's been driven by that low price narrative, the consumer welfare standard. And basically what now people are saying is like, as long as we've just been focused on the price, then we really disregarded all these other harms that are taking place. Right. And so uh, that's, that's what the movement right now is like, okay, the courts have made it so that as long as consumers are, you know, paying lower prices. And as you know, these tech platforms are free. So on that, on that standard, they're never going to be found to be all that problematic. Uh, We were missing the fact that we were pretty much getting, surveyed and manipulated with our data and allowing these companies to get all the more profitable, stomp out all competition, like a MySpace, for example, and no one can compete. Even even companies that people think are like emerging competitors, like Clubhouse or whatever, you know, is like a big one right now, or even Twitter. I mean, Twitter even isn't like truly a competitor of these other companies. So they are super dominant. And that's why, you know, we're really advocating for them to be broken up to even like have a hope for regulation actually doing something to change their behavior. And, and, and so, I, I mean, what are the, like, what are the actionable goals that you're presenting as ways to, to, to save us from these behemoths? <laughs> I mean, the main one is literally breaking them up. So, you know, we, I don't know if y'all have heard that phrase before and it can sound kind of like, Whoa, you I mean, that seems extreme, like breaking up big corporations that, a lot of us depend on, but essentially, you know, like what's, what's happened now is they're so dominant because of this thing called gatekeeping power. And so like taking one example, like Amazon, right? Like Amazon isn't just controlling the marketplace where you buy goods. Amazon is also has a, like a private, what they call private label business where they are creating products that then compete with other sellers who are on their platform. But the advantage, additional advantage that they have is they are able to collect all this data while you're on the marketplace, see how popular an item is. And as soon as it's starting to get a lot of traction, they can just like replicate that kind of product, push the original product down in the search result, results and make sure nobody ever sees it again. So that's like that gatekeeping power where there's this intersection of all these different uh, lines of business into one dominant company. And, you wow. know, in previous points in history, when, yeah, it's, it's scary once you start really kind of digging into this and then you understand how it's impossible to compete. And in different times in history, when we've had these types of like big, you know, trust type companies that are controlling critical infrastructure, like Amazon now is like controlling commerce, even though they like to say like, oh, the retail environment globally is so competitive. It's like, no, like if you want to play 
you know, in terms of like retail and selling things and as a small business or whatever, you've got to be on Amazon. Right. And so, you know, that's dominant. Facebook and Google are dominating like critical communications networks. You can't just like opt out of being on internet search at this point. And when we've had examples like this, like the railroads, and they started to creep into controlling who else got to be on the railroad and then also trying to like run their own products and prefer their own products over or preference their own products over others, we were like, no, this is un-American. That's too much. Like it's not competitive. And we're going to force them to stop doing certain types of business so that we can restore competition to the market. So similarly here, that's the main thing that my organization is advocating for is like, we've got to break these guys up. And then, yeah, there's other regulatory steps you can take because they still will be big companies once you like split off the marketplace from the private label business, for example. But until you actually just like address that core conflict of interest and the infrastructure that they're controlling, right, they don't even have to pay attention to regulation. They can just do whatever they want. Yeah, it, it adds another element when when they're in control of the marketplace and have all the information. It, it's not the same as like. Uh, Walmart has cranberry juice from Ocean Spray, and then they also have great value cranberry juice, and you get to look at them side by side and pick which one you want. Maybe they put the great value more prominently, but at this point, it's like somebody is is selling just HDMI cables, and they're like, well, these are popular enough to just clone. Like We can just do an Amazon Basic and and take over this segment of the market, um, which is not, not... what most people think of when they think of a marketplace or competition or any of that, any of those, uh, any of that, you know, ideology. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the, the supermarket example and the generic. So that's a common narrative that people try to push back on. Like, well, no, this is just like, you know, with Costco and the Kirkland brand and it's all the same. It's like, no, it's actually like if Costco with its Kirkland brand was like one monitoring the way our eyes moved as we move through their store and collecting like what right. catches our eye and what doesn't. And then once there was a product that wasn't Kirkland, they didn't just like put it somewhere else on the shelf. They put it like four shelves behind and you have to crawl to find it. Like that starts to more closely approximate what's actually going on on the internet. Um, and it's really nothing like the, the retail you know, store box experience experience. Right. And when you are, I, I mean, I, I would love to say like that I don't fall for this stuff, but when I buy stuff on Amazon, I've never gone to page two on, on like right. <laughs> the thing. It's just like, I need an HDMI cable and I'm just going to buy the first HDMI cable that I see on here. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, and that's actually like one of the key things we try to point out is like, and that's okay, right? Because like, you know, you're not going to be, you're also not individually going to be changing Amazon's business practices in like a one-off way, just like, you know, like boycotts, like there's a lot of movement of sometimes like boycotting these platforms or like the Facebook boycott, you know, not to say those are bad, but like they are not actually going to solve the problem. The thing that solves the problem is the government. And that's what we've done before. And that's what we need to do again. And maybe are just like inherently dominant right now. And so we just need to exercise the same tools we've always used to, to break them up, to structurally separate them so that they can't continue to profit off of our data in this way. Yeah, yeah. Giving them unilateral power to decide who gets to be on the sites too. I think like, I'm not like mm-hmm. trying to pull a big freedom of speech guy thing, but like, it isn't, I don't think it's healthy or good that like we give these company, we give Facebook power 
to decide who gets to be on Facebook when Facebook is a way that, you know, we're supposed to be living our life and making a living off of it in some cases, and they can just decide you're mm-hmm. not there anymore. And, you know, maybe it, like, yeah, it. I mean, nobody wants like, like uh, uh, racists on their platform and stuff like that, but they also kick off a lot of like left people, you know, they, they don't just mm-hmm. kick off. They don't just kick off racists, you know, or, or, or like right wing QAnon people. They kick off all sorts of different people. And if I mean, it's like we've said about like with podcasting, Patreon can just say you don't have a Patreon anymore and then you don't make a living right. doing your podcast anymore. <laughs> like they just can take yeah. it away very easily. And that that's that's the type of thing where it's like maybe maybe government regulation would absolutely help with something like that where where twitter can't twitter facebook and instagram just can't decide that you don't exist anymore you know yeah well you know and it's interesting because like like you're you're kind of referencing at the beginning the politics on this are sort of interesting because you have a lot of like (laughs) right-wingers that are you know not not like honest brokers by any means who are you know crying wolf here that like the, the similar, the similar um, view that you're saying, it's like, yeah, like they're just targeting conservatives to get off their platforms. And you're exactly right. Like they're not just targeting conservatives. There are a lot of people like, I don't know the country of Australia that they are also willing to threaten and like kick off their platforms more or less. And so it's, it's the it's kind of the principle of it is bad. And it's not just that they're kicking people off because, you know, it's like, a, you're running a platform, you have terms of service and, and we would want, you know, some accountability there or whatever. But it's the fact that when Facebook is kicking you off, you know, if um, you're getting kicked off Instagram, which as you said, is like the same company, Facebook, Instagram, but if Facebook's kicking you off, they are blocking you from like a critical communications network right now and the ability to access, a, you know, over a billion people. That is not okay. That's not okay to just have a few guys in Silicon Valley that are making calls about, who gets to access a global communications network and who doesn't. And so by breaking up the platforms and making them less influential, then we don't even get in the position of having them, of having the calls that they may make be as important, right? Because it would be a more distributed marketplace, like decentralizing, you know, that power. And then the other thing I would say that's like, you know, a little bit beyond the whole like structural separation breakup thing though, is the other reason why, we see, you know, a lot of the bad content is because they're not held to the same standard, right? Like this is getting the section 230 that they're not held to the same standard of other publishers in terms of the content that is moving on their platform and being held liable for it. And that that's also a problem. So that's not an antitrust issue. It's kind of, you know, an adjacent issue, but, um, but also important. And, and they, it, it gets into this whole idea that they've been able to essentially self-regulate over the past 20 years or whatever, and it's not working all, out all that well for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it uh, f- for the update. Yeah. Um, how can people s- support what you're doing and, and follow along? Yeah, so folks can always continue to follow me on MH for OH, but then specifically on Economic Liberty stuff. We're at economicliberties.us. Um, and then also on uh, Twitter. I'm actually not remembering our Twitter handle off the top of my head. So just follow MH4OH. I retweet us a lot and you'll see us there. <laughs> yeah, MH4OH. Oh, MH4OH. Uh, uh, well, thanks yeah. for calling. I appreciate it. Appreciate the update and the conversation. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you're doing well and uh, appreciate you taking some time out for us. No, good to talk to you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, peace. I gotta, Hi. I gotta say, like, I don't want, I want to really clarify here that, like, I honestly kind of don't, like, I don't care that right wing racist people are getting kicked off of websites. Right. Like, it's, it's not like something, but I have seen sex workers and communists and, and like feminists and people like that food get kicked off too. Shit, food yeah. not bombs. All kinds of people get kicked off. And, and like, d just the first thing that comes to your mind is, the racists because they scream the most about yeah it. yeah you know what i mean like they feel the most persecuted and it yeah. is it is that thing where like it is like really four guys just making decisions on who gets access to this platform it would be like if the phone company just said hey you're not allowed to have a phone anymore right <laughs> we've terminated your service for good yeah because we don't like what you talked about on the phone when yeah. you were talking you went on a group chat you went on a group chat in um pissed off right wingers three and you said something too extreme yes a group yeah call yeah uh, so uh, also yeah. yeah those i mean those companies too all, i mean like amazon has had made has made so much money last year and they are subset like i said it before a couple weeks ago they are subsidizing the costs of everything you know they can send they can send uh cotton balls to your house for two dollars and 14 cents but that is going to cost you a lot more on the back end, you know? Yeah. What it really takes. Yeah, I mean, you know, they still use the postal service, too. I mean, not for everything anymore. They've kind of taken that away. But they still depend on the postal service for stuff Where when, like, Making the company claims days. they don't make money, yeah. you know? So they don't have to pay the taxes. And it's just terrible. Just, I hate those companies. All right. You ready for this next call? I'm always ready for a next call. This one call. is uh, a Brewer friend, I believe. Like Jim Brewer, the anti-mask crusader? <laughs> it's the goat guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jim Brewer is like really anti-mask <laughs> now. Maybe on a, a, maybe on Wednesday we'll play some Jim Brewer audio because he's I'm nuts. I'm into it. I want to hear it. He is nuts now. He is. He hates masks. He doesn't believe in COVID. He just we gotta do it. He's nuts. Wednesday yeah. sneak peek. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, I'm uh you can call me Red Star. What's okay. up, Red Star? How's Hello? it going? Hey, hey, how you doing, Brian? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, great. I'm not, uh, not happy to, I'm not happy I'm not happy to hear you're not doing well, actually. Oh, you know. I mean I'm sore and I'm tired, <laughs> you know, but I'm doing okay. Right. You know, now that I'm looking right. at uh, multiple pictures of Jim Brewer, uh, I am like actually <laughs> feeling great. You know, have you seen him in the past like few years, Jim Brewer? Nope. That's like my whole theme for tonight, I guess, is that like I get somebody on the phone that has something specific to talk about. And then I'm like, hey, the wind was blowing in my ass crack earlier today or have you seen a picture of it's jim brewer about ass crack <laughs> yeah it's important yeah. to keep ass crack health on your mind yeah um so actually I, no actually i was calling to uh i was calling to discuss you uh, i think it was on wednesday's show you're discussing uh brewing as like a profession or like oh yeah platform uh platform tap room here in columbus ohio walked out left the right message, exactly created a social media yeah. shit storm i think that was two weeks Two two Wednesdays ago, but yes, it was it was. It was a little late getting back in uh, contact with you about it, but yeah, um, 
I used to be a head brewer. I'm not going to say where I am, even though this company's gone. Oh, you're a brewer. I worry that people might be listening. I, I am. I am a brewer. Anheuser Busch. I, I, in not bed. Anheuser Busch. No. Yes. Not in bed. Michelob. <laughs> slightly smaller. You brewed Michelob Light. The the best drink. <laughs> the best drink. Michelob well, MGD sixty four. If you're a golfer, then you gotta dream drink MGD sixty four. You Keeps know, the spare tire off. Back when I was growing up, Michelob Ultra was what it was called. Mick Ultra. Back when I was growing up, you would get all your boys together, and then somebody would be like, you know, you'd be drinking Little Kings, you'd be drinking your Budweiser, your Bud Lights. You know, like that kind of stuff, maybe some malt liquor, yeah. and then some guy would come over it with like a, a MGD, and he might as well be wearing a tuxedo to you. <laughs> like, holy shit, man, what well, are you doing? You're mixing them all. MGD's not Mick Ultra. <laughs> I know, but you know MGD what I mean. Any class. Michelob, any Michelob, peop- somebody walks in with a Michelob, and you're like, fuck, look at the guy. He's, he's got a monocle in his eye. Yeah. You know, the, he must have just left the opera to come to this party. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry so you worked for a smaller microbrewery uh, uh i worked for a much smaller brewery um yeah so yeah it's like it was a complete opposite of like a big uh, macro brewery like that i actually started out home brewing um and it kind of like became my profession i worked in retail before i was brewing i home brewed as a hobby and i ended up getting picked up um as like a head brewer at like an actual brewery uh, you know, you usually have like a restaurants attached to it. So you get like the best of both worlds. You don't only, you don't only get like the exposure, like the shitty, like petty, uh, petty dictatorship at the yeah. brewery, you get the petty dictatorship, like all restaurants have. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. get to see two kinds of abuse. You get a mom's abuse and dad's abuse. I mean, what we're hearing now, <laughs> exactly. I mean, what I've heard now is like the, the brewery business is brutal, like, uh, uh yeah. boss wise, like because they have the same thing as the farm to table restaurants where like people just assume <laughs> it's like they're there for the love of the beer man they don't care about money they're just fucking like they love this shit you know and and they treat their employees right. great and everybody there is like really excited to be there and and stuff like that like also i i do want to say this too uh uh how much of a pain in the ass was it when brewing became your job you know when you were like, this is a nice um, little hobby it, I have, and now you're like, now I do this for a living. It becomes kind of a pain in the ass, huh? It was it was fun being able to make, do your hobby like on a more industrial scale, to be honest. Ah, because um, like it really is like like if if you've ever like brewed at home, it really is just like brewing at home with much bigger equipment, and, and it's mostly equipment that can kill you. Um, Ooh. So it's like, uh, yeah, but it is like, it is like home brewing equipment that can kill you. So, it, I mean, that part is cool, but it's like any other job. It's just like, you know, uh, I've worked in retail and I've worked in, you know, hospitality, like brewing and stuff like that. Um, it's always the customer that fucks it up as well as your boss too, of course. But it's always like the customer, you know, like it's just dealing with the customer just kind of not, not, not my forte. It was much more like, I like the science of the brewing. That was more my thing, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I worked, uh, I worked with, at a brewery with a uh, restaurant attached to it. And at first, so what, what the owners of this brewery slash brew pub, whatever you want to call it, did, they actually contracted a pizza making company in the city. Uh, um, it was basically just these, it was basically just these two guys 
and they basically like contracted out this kitchen. Um, and you know, six months in to this business being open before they even got the brewery off the ground, they kind of screwed over like this, this pizza making business that was attached to it. Um, Oh no. You know, it was stuff like that. So, so it's like, it's like, it's like the bourgeoisie screwing over each other, you know? So it was wasn't, very, uh, it was really, it, I'm going, sorry. So two, two bullshit artists, pizza people signed up, said they would get a contract. And then the brewers were like, we don't want you to make pizza here. Well, the, 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 the pizza guys weren't bullshit artists. Like they, it was like two business owners kind of like fighting each other. You know what I mean? Um, so it was kind of interesting to watch. It turns out the pizza guys were actually like they they I guess they've been proletarianized pretty much since all this has happened. They're like they've become like Bernie Sanders voters since their business failed. Um, <laughs> it's like a fun it's like a funny turn of events. But uh, the the other guys that own this brewery were like you know through and through like you know it's the model of you know just like the the petty dictatorship of the workplace. Did it they was, let them make the it, pizza? You know, did they, they did they make pizza for six months and they cut them loose? Pretty much, the pizza was good too. That was also frustrating. <laughs> you know, like these, these guys make legit pizza, and they kind of just screw themselves out of having. Then they 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 pretty much like they they contracted out the kitchen work. They didn't have to worry about it. They yeah. had like a good setup, and then they and then they kind of screw themselves out of it. You know. Yeah, you don't want to like be a restaurant the, the, owner. No, restaurant owner is a bad idea. Yeah, like you have to have just. Well, they money. think well. You'd be able to lose tens of thousands like of the, dollars if you want to open a fucking restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. People like the prestige. People like the prestige of saying I'm being, you know, I own a restaurant. But a lot of times, you know, neither of these guys were restaurant owners before this. There, yeah. There was um, a great, there was a brewery out in Zanesville called Weasel Boy. <laughs> that was pretty good. Right. But when you yeah. went to their, mm. when you went to their tap room, all they sold was Ohio pizza and like fries and wings. And it was way better than trying to get like a gastro pub fucking fish sandwich or something or, or having right. somebody that makes beer and then feels like they're supposed to be passionate about food or they just feel pressure. Like, Oh, we're supposed to have like beer cheese here and we're supposed to have, you know, a, a, a nice big hamburger we're proud of. And it's like, you're not. You just want to sell fucking alcohol. And pizza is good enough yeah. for people that are drinking alcohol. Yeah, exactly. It is just, pizza is good enough. I think it's like the most natural combination in the world. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you, how, you know, it's like you have a good setup like they had and they just fuck it up. It's so simple. Like you said, pizza, beer. How do you fuck that up? But they did. <laughs> they, yeah, they, got, they got picky about how they wanted to make their money they got they didn't want to just have two yeah. fucking guys make good pizza and sell it and they scrape money off yeah. the top they wanted to be controlled they wanted yeah. to say that they hired somebody that wrote a menu that had a niçois salad on it or something right exactly and you know it's like you know, I, I seeing that happen was like seeing the writing on the wall for like the rest of the brewing operation and you know if it wasn't like you know for me putting in you know like you were talking about this was like them sapping all the passion out of me. This was something that was a hobby of mine and something that I, you know, that I enjoyed doing. And like you said, it was just this, this sucked the energy out of me. It, it ruined my love for brewing. Um, and I haven't, I haven't made beer since I quit that place. <laughs> that was like three years ago now. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's fucking terrible. And it's just so frustrating, you know, and it's happened it happens to me. It's been happening to me my entire life. I'm in my mid thirties now. I'm only a little bit younger than you, Brett. Um, and it's like, you know, I'm a college graduate and it's like everything that I've wanted to do in my life. I've wanted to teach history. 
but you watch like the way teaching is politicized. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, you know, I, I love, I love seeing teachers get out and striking is what I mean. But what I mean is like, you sit down and you read the curriculum when you're in like pedagogy school, when you're in like education school and you read the curriculum that, the, that, that the state wants you to teach. And it's like, I can't in good conscience do this. I can't in good conscience, like, you know, good conscience teach a, a classroom full of like black children that capitalism is actually good you know <laughs> like i can't go, yeah i can't go in and do that it, it's just very difficult for me to like keep to the curriculum i would get fired in about two seconds yeah you know it is good to um, know that yeah eventually <laughs> what you say to the kid is going to reach their parents and there's going to be lots of complaints yeah and then exactly. you're not going to retire on take, that pension take deal. One. yeah yeah so that sucks and it's like yeah you know and, I, and so you know since since i quit brewing like i've been writing but you know it's like shit, even that is like tough to break into. And it's just, I'm back in my retail job, but it's unionized. So it, it's not that bad, actually. At least I got like the bad brewing, brewing experience behind me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very, yeah. it was very frustrating, though. It's all experiences. Uh, a life is just a series right. of experiences and chapters, but it is good to, it is good. Because I think there's that moment like when you grow weed in your closet or for the first time or you like make beer in a fucking construction bucket and you're just like, fuck, like I want to share this with the world. What if what if this could be my job? And then you're like, no, I don't want that to be my job. (laughs) Like you get handed you get handed everything you wanted. Then you're like, no, I don't want to I don't want to deal with the money making side of this. I just actually like making beer instead. Well, that was the thing is like me and my, me and my old roommate were thinking like opening our own place. Like this was before COVID obviously like, and now it's like out of the fucking question, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, you know, we were thinking of opening our own place and you know, uh, it is, it, it, it was like when I was first making beer, it was, it was like looking in the bucket. Like I said, I wanted to be a history teacher at one time and, you know, I took a bunch of history and it, it you know, you get really in touch with like your really caveman side, like like when when humans are just throwing like bread and water into a pot and let it sit for a couple of weeks to ferment. Yeah, like that. You know, you're really getting in touch with your with you know, and then I, I I don't like being like a beer nerd, but I love beer. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, Everybody right. is a nerd like, about anyway. something, so yeah, it's exactly. okay. You know, people are always like apologizing. It is, it is okay. People are always apologizing for what they're a nerd about. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, beer nerd's cool. It's probably it's, the only good part about you. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I think stuff, beer nerd's cool. <laughs> the things that you like are, like, the best parts about you. Because, yeah. I, I don't know. That's what makes you who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right on. Yeah. Well, good luck. Well, I mean, you should start brewing again. Yeah. I think. That's my I advice to you. I, 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 I quit drinking. I quit drinking for a couple of years. I kind of been eating. Like, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I'm kind of like easing back into it. You know what I mean? So maybe I'll start doing that again once yeah. I can get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Right. Soon. It's yeah, coming right. soon. Um, Uncle Joe said yeah, May right. 1st. All right. All right. I want to see Cinemar soon, boys. I want to see that bar made. Same here. Same here. Somebody make that thing. Yeah. Have a good need, night. Cinnamon marshmallow. Take it easy, man. Thanks, y'all. Good night. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, when they can take... Capitalism can just take your favorite thing away from you. Like, no problem. It's actually society can take away your favorite thing. I don't think... No, I don't think it's society. I mean, I think that you can create and do what you want. And I feel like you cannot... The people's opinions is something that won't bother you. But when you have to make money doing it i think that fucks it up 
Yeah. I think it fucks your passion up incredibly when you're riding on, like, when your rent is riding on the line. Like, I don't think you can, I don't think you can do what you actually want to do if you're trying to make car payments, if you're trying to make, if you're trying to get groceries, you know? True. True. That's, I, I, I will give you that. Yeah. Capitalism fucks it up then. Yeah. That's my opinion. All right. Uh, Let's see this next call. This one is uh, from Krills. How's it going, Krills? Hey, hey, nice to... Hey, uh, before I start, how do I sound? Am I, do I sound okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Good, good. I'm, I'm going 74 miles. Uh, now we lost I don't you. want to, um, you know... What's that? You lost me? For a second. You're back now. We, we can hear you. you now. All right, all right. All right, I... I was uh, I was hanging out at my house, but this week I'm on call for work, so I actually had to go do something, and I'm in my car. But anyhow, how are you doing? Well, you I know how you're doing. I'm great. Good to talk to you. I'm feeling okay. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, uh, talking about you know doing doing what you love, and then turning it into a job. And having that bite you in the ass, I I can feel that. I mean, I I got real lucky, and I do what I love. It's got music involved in it, um, and my songwriting definitely took a hit. I didn't didn't write a lot of songs for myself. For you know, I was writing lots of songs, and then I started doing you know training for my job and doing my job and. All of a sudden, I'm not writing songs for myself anymore. So, yeah, I yeah. know it. I know it. Uh, well, yeah. you know, uh, Mrs. Smith, the cat lady, actually said something brilliant on uh, on her Instagram. Was that like COVID is not like an artist residency? Like none of us were paid like yeah. a salary to go and and write and create like the perfect thing that we've always wanted to do. It, it, like, it, there's no reason to beat yourself up. It's it's a weird awful time and we were kind of all left alone so it's not the same as like oh now you have all the time in the world to do what you said you want to do put up or shut up motherfucker <laughs> i mean most oh people are going God, to work yeah. Yeah. Was- but for creatives i'm talking if he's a i'm talking about musicians and creatives because i feel i felt the same way it's like i would oh, yeah. i wish i would have done more in the last year right right but you know well we've got families to take care of and then there's just like all the fucking anxiety that's like just, you know, feeling like, am I going to get sick? Is somebody I love going to get sick? So this year has not been like a creative outlet, I think, for, you know, a lot of people. It's just been terror and, you know, agony and a little bit of silver lining here and there. Right. Yeah. It's also tough because you're not having the same amount of experiences as you would be having like, like with our show and stuff, it's like harder to find stuff to talk about because we're not going places and talking to people, you know, what this is like the most we talk to people (laughs) is on this show. I can imagine what people that don't do a call in show can do. Oh my God. I mean, really like I moved, um, just a a couple of, couple years ago from uh from philly to michigan and um left you know 
my music community and friends behind uh, and the online street bike community has just been like a lifeline that has been like I don't know I'm I'm like too online but I kind of don't feel bad about it so I don't know what to say about that I mean I think it's just that it's just it's where we're at I mean it feels weird for I mean, I grew up one side, like the first half of my life was very analog. And then the second half of my life was incredibly digital. And I think there's some sort of hesitation there. It's like, this isn't real or doesn't count, but uh, it's just the nature of the world. And I think that resisting it is missing out on all of the great interactions that we can have. If, If you're not FaceTiming strangers that you talk to on Facebook all the time, like, what are you doing? Why do you talk to them all the time? You know, why do you comment on every Instagram oh my God, post I've that never they done do? That. Well, <laughs> I'm just, I got to step it up. I, I mean, that, that may be extreme for some people, but I do think that there's no reason to, to accept these people as your actual friends. I think that you get, there's a mindset of like, it doesn't count. Um, but, but I think that, you know, we all like each other out there. I try to keep up with as many people as I can, but, there's also folks that I've lived alongside yeah. for like the last 10 years. And so I, I can't help but be invested in, in what they do, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I, so I had a real uh, silly reason for calling in. Um, I wanted to know what you guys thought about um, pay it forward at the drive through. <laughs> you're like, when you pull up, when you pull up, cashier says, "Oh, actually, the uh, the car in front of you, uh, and like you've got like I don't know, ten seconds, maybe less, five seconds, to, like formulate a response. What do you what do you think about that? So uh, pay it for you cut out a little bit, so I'm gonna explain it. When you pull up. This is a Starbucks. This is a twee Starbucks thing, too. I mean, it's, it's all places never, because working class people are doing it at McDonald's and stuff like that. I've seen the goddamn videos when I used to be on Facebook. People would be like, I pulled up to uh, Hardee's and I gave him $50 and told him I want to pay for the next few cars to come in. You know what I mean? And like, uh, uh, I don't know how I would respond. It's like, this is very cool, but I wouldn't. Here's the thing about pay it forward. You shouldn't save any money when somebody pays it forward to you. The reason for that being, you should take the money that you were going to spend, tip that money, and then the cashier is really the one that's getting it paid forward. The tip jar is really the thing that's getting paid forward. That's what I do. Whenever somebody gives me something free, I just tip the money that I would have spent, you know? If it's like five, yeah. six, ten dollars, you know, if you go to Starbucks and they're like, you know, your your uh, uh, chocolate chip latte or chocolate chip yes. frappuccino has been paid for, which is like a six dollar drink, it's like fine, I'll just tip eight dollars then, and then boom, you got yourself a nice. The cashier got themselves something nice, and uh, the person that drove away got to feel good because they got they got to pay it forward for you. It's just kind of like okay, you know. But you break the thanks. chain. Okay, yeah. Oh, I forgot you have yeah, to I, also. Yeah, add. I think you got it right. 
I would just lean my head out of the car door. I would just lean my head out of the car door to the person behind me and be like, I paid forward the uh, uh, chain. I broke the chain because I gave the cashier the money instead of you and then drive away. Brian, you beautiful fucking genius. You actually solved the problem. You literally solved the problem. That's it. Because the person behind you doesn't know that it was going to get paid for. And instead of turning it into like some sort of twee event where like I swipe my card for $35 because there's a whole minivan full of eight people behind me, you just give it to yeah. you give the, the you give the winnings to the cashier. I agree. I mean, that's the it's plan. never happened yeah. to me, but I, I like it, it hasn't happened to me, but I would probably I feel like I would just be pressured in to be like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll just pay for the person behind me then. Like, please just give me my food and stop trying to get me involved in some sort of ethical debate. Yeah, well, when it happened to me, uh, I got, like, a donut and a coffee, and I had to pay $8 because my, like, five seconds of processing time didn't know the right answer. And, uh, and so, you know, I did tip the cashier, but just, like, the normal, like, dollar or whatever that I'd pay for you know, getting me a, a donut and a coffee. Uh, but, you know, this time I also had to pay $8 for the car behind me and, you know, also feel like an idiot driving away because I was like, uh, that was that was dumb. Like, I just got screwed there. Yeah, you're like, I didn't need that goddamn, I didn't need it. I didn't need you to pay for my coffee. I came no. here to pay for my no, own coffee. <laughs> now I'm paying for these crazy people behind me who probably ordered $35 worth of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's look weird. Look in your rearview mirror, see what's there. What, what, what car is behind you? Uh, does it look like a jalopy or is it is it like a big shiny SUV? Yeah. No, just do, do, Brian's got it right. That's the, the answer. And, uh, thank you for your service. I just, I think we need to get that message out there. Break the chain, tip the cashier. Yep. Give the cashier all the money, break the chain. Because nobody wants to be responsible for the people behind them. Nobody does. That is just no. a cute thing that maybe somebody thinks will show up on Mashable one day or the chive where people are like this is beautiful uh, unbroken chain 60 people it's like if the chain starts before me it's going to be broken one you know yeah i mean hell even in my days before i was you know this version of brian i wouldn't have continued the chain i'd have been like thanks no, for the free coffee i'm out of here <laughs> yeah i think um I think a pro- big problem in this in America is that we view charity as something to be shameful of. So I will proudly take charity. <laughs> if someone paid for my drinks, yeah. I'll just give them a cheers. I'll just like raise my glass as I drive away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Like, do you think the person that starts the chain parks across the street for a little bit and watches it? Fucking jacks off. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking sitting across the street just beating their meat, watching these fucking I'm people pull out. So like, altruistic what I did. <laughs> I'm showing, I, I'm creating connections. Fucking sickos. <laughs> Sicko yeah. pay it forward freaks. Yeah, I've never been involved with it. I've only heard tale from my wife. Um, I think she keeps the chain going. 
Uh, but now I'm going to let her know what the new rule is. Just take a 20 out of your fucking wallet and yeah. give it to the cashier and say thanks for the drinks. Yeah, yeah, keep this. Keep yeah. this, cashier. Slip That's this it. in your pocket That's so somebody else can't get it either. You know? Keep it away from your manager if right. you're cut if you're tipping them out. But yeah, that's the way I would deal oh, with God. it. That's the way I deal with everything yeah. free. It's like if they credit my account on a Grubhub, I'll go back in and just give the driver the money because it's like I was gonna pay for it anyway. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. That when you have time to think about it, like I've, I, I usually make the right choice when I've got time to think about it, but like. Pay it forward. It's like you yeah. know, boom! You got to make a decision. Three seconds. No, what it's are like, you gonna do? They're like, are you a good person or not? That's what they're that saying. Are you a good person or not? You know, it, it's all based well, on this. The, does the cashier care? The cashier doesn't care. No, they don't. They're like, yeah, whatever. The person behind you made my life more difficult, so now I have to tell you this thing, and like. Uh, you're probably going to react and think it's all cute because, like, most people would be, like, excited about it and, like, Can I snap you this? know, you're going to do the ice bucket challenge or whatever and, <laughs> you know, all of that meme stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate well, I it. Why do too much time tonight? Yeah. Yeah, it was good to, good to talk to you. And, you know, all I'll say is a, uh, you know, plug is just do mutual aid, people. Do it. Yeah, not in the form of pay it forward. Yeah, different form. There. No, no, don't that's pressure not, everybody that's else into doing choice. your charity. You know, this is the thing. Uh, uh, have a good night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off a little bit here. This is like when we go to. Yeah, yeah, this is like when you go to the grocery store and they're like, "Would you like to give a dollar for?" like food pantries it's like i would love for the food pantries to have money but i could like go home and type up foodpantry.com on my computer and give them money myself that you're not taking a hit off of you know what i mean now you're like you get to write it off on your taxes giant eagle fuck you you're buying this i hate it i hate anything anything and this is fucking across the board anything that comes up while I'm fucking swiping my credit card can fuck off. I will always say no. And it's rude and it's cheap, but it's annoying. You know, type in your fucking email address. It's like, no, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't. That's 25 characters, my friend. I'm yeah, not doing that right I'm now. I'm trying to swipe my card and get out of here and pay the amount of money that I, I have. You know, Giant Eagle has added two separate screens. And God fucking forbid. You go to the uh, gas station. I mean, that is just all day. Five different things, you know. You want to give for, like, children who care. You want to give to a food bank. You want to give to this. You want to give to that. It's like, just, why are you doing this? Why are you facilitating this? I don't even think this is done for a good reason. I I can't (laughs) even expect that you've done this for a good reason. I feel like whatever reason... This you're doing this is evil. Yeah, I just think so. You know. Yeah, and the people digging up dinosaur bones and turning it into fuel, like I don't think they're experts on any of that stuff. Like they're like, we're, we'll toss thirty cents their way. Like, okay, but what? But that is that doing anything? It seems like the problem's still there. Yeah, it just is wild to me. I just I I it it's very hard for me to like. 
I hate this like forcing me to do charity thing that it just irritates me. I, I you know, I give money here and there, you know, online to, you know, crowdfunding campaigns and and whatever there is, you know, if somebody says, hey, you know, some money's needed here, I'll be like, here, have a little bit of my money. You know, it is a part of like kind of that Tom's buy one, get one thing, though, where it's like, hey, you're here at Giant Eagle. Uh, your total's forty four seventy seven. Uh, we can throw just like 23 cents on there and give it to someone that needs it. Would you care at all? It's like, yeah, I do care about the system where I have where the grocery store is feeding people. I don't <laughs> think you are in charge. You're charging people. For, for food. I don't think you, you have a good brain for feeding people for free. You're the reason that people can't get food. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You're out fucking having the police hit guys in the head with a fucking nightstick for digging in your dumpster. Right. You know what I mean? I don't need you to fucking lecture me on the food bank. Right. You know? Right. It's very <laughs> presumptuous. It's like, oh, I do know about the ills of society. <laughs> I already do know. You're not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking companies. Companies. They can go to hell. All right. Uh, next call we got uh, here is from the Kashama Solidarity Campaign. Kashama someone from Washington State. Yeah, hello. Hey, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, you're talking to Dave from Seattle that can give you an update on the Shama campaign. And remember, the K is silent. Oh, Shama. Okay. I thought it was Shama. Yeah. I've always read it that way. It's no. like when I read G genre genier. Genre? Genre. Genre. Or I read it genier. You know, you just read something so many times. Remember when I said NUI on here? Oh, that was embarrassing. That was. Somebody was like, it's ennui. And I'm like, that's what that word is. That's how that word's spelled. <laughs> I thought it was O N W E E. You know, pretty much. So, yeah, I just see a word and I, I, you know, you guess. So, uh, uh, what's going on with the Shama Sawant campaign? Which, by the way, uh, uh, for a local, for a person that holds a local office in the local government, she is attacked. Like, like, like if I would love to see her get like a, a, a house seat or a Senate seat like AOC because she is attacked like crazy and she holds like she's attacked from all over the country and she holds a seat on a local government. She is doing something right out there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good way to put it. Um, she is, you know, just speaking personally, I don't always agree with her tactics all the time, but, um, you know, certainly, uh, uh, I'm a member of the transit riders union. We do endorse her. Um, she has picked up an endorsement from my democratic, uh, um, LD a couple of times. Um, so she's just, uh, she's out there pushing the limits. Uh, and it's just great. Um, and it, it provides some shelter for the rest of the city council to be uh, farther to the left than they ordinarily would. Because, That's great. Well, you know, the the conservative talk radio, which we definitely have here, is freaking out about what she's doing. And then they can kind of do things behind the scenes or negotiate things <laughs> that okay, deal with us or deal with we deal with the rabble. 
So that's brilliant. Um, I mean, that's the same thing. That's the same thing that the right has been doing my entire adult life. Whether it's the Tea Party, whether it's QAnon, they let the they let the most extreme people in, and then everyone else looks tame. And in in uh, in uh, comparison, it's like Brian and I always talk about like the worst employer at your job is somebody to be celebrated because they make you look better. Like it's, 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 it's not a direct comparison, but it is a really good cover for, for other people to be more open about what they want to get accomplished instead of doing the Obama thing where you set your goals and then you cut them in half and then you go talk to the Republicans and let them cut them in a quarter, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, so, okay, so we have this bullshit thing uh, about off-year elections, and that's a whole other story I could get into, but, but I won't. Um, anyway, she was recently, she was reelected in 2019, so this will be her third term on city council, and she faces a recall campaign because Bezos and his, his fuckers uh, that are lied with him uh, – threw down a bunch of money for the city council races and out of seven positions that were of the nine positions that were up that they only won one. Okay. Oh, wow. So I'm not saying that the rest of the city council super left. There's a couple of guys on there that are kind of, I don't know where they are. They're not really that great. Uh, uh, the women on there are generally pretty good. Um, and then there's Shama, but so she faces a recall campaign. Um, and what did there's some bogus charges that I could go off on, but I don't want to waste everybody's time. You can, you can look them up somewhere. Um, and the courts have to decide whether these supposed char these supposed issues, let's call them are worth a recall campaign. So that's up in the Supreme court. The Supreme court had a hearing a couple of months ago they haven't released a decision, and then once they release a decision saying that the if they release a decision saying that the campaign can move forward, they have to gather so many signatures within District Three, and then then there has to be in a special election within thirty days. Now, I mean, I'm not an expert on the specifics. I don't. I, I, I suspect some of the specifics of how this is going to go down could be challenged in court and on and on and on. But anyway, so the, uh, Shama has been able to raise a substantial amount of money, I think close to 300,000 bucks. Um, I've been out postering for her. Um, there's also phone banking that people can do from anywhere or if anybody's in town or passing through, they can check the uh, Shama Solidarity campaign. And do postering. And we have to poster with um, step stools because they are getting ripped down. Wow. So that's kind of where we're at right now is we're waiting for the court decision to come down. And they're they're postering and they're phone banking and now just started doing tabling. Uh, No door knocking yet uh, because of the virus. So So the Red Army, I, I would... I would guess that the Red Army is the envy of every other po- local politician because nobody can turn out the amount of volunteer power that, that Shama can. That's great. Nobody. And, and how can people yeah. assist with the, with the campaign where it's at right now? Um, Shama Solidarity. Uh, they're on Facebook, I believe, Twitter. Um, 
and Instagram, I'm sure, and that's, they can connect from there. And, and there's articles in, in like the Stranger or the South Seattle Emerald. They can study up on, on what's going on. Um, also, the other big news is we have uh, the two citywide positions are up for re-election uh, this year. And Nikita Oliver has jumped into the District 9, uh, the, the Position 9 race. And that's going to be crazy. Uh, they are the real deal and uh, a member of the People's Party. Um, that's going to be another another right-wing freakout for sure. Uh, that hasn't started yet, but it will. Uh, it's going to be great. Nikita is, is awesome. Uh, they ran for mayor last time and came in third by just about 1,000 votes. Um, uh, they're really young. A hip-hop artist with a law degree. So uh, it's great. Uh, really, really something really cool, really far left. And yeah. it's also a mayor's race, which has like, I don't know, it's going to be crazy this year. So Hell yeah. We love Seattle. It's one of my favorite cities in the country. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Everything closes too early. Everything closes too early. Maybe you can talk to Shama about that. Like, hey, can you, you know, make some places stay open past midnight? But other than that, it's a wonderful city with great politics. Okay. Well, I, I but okay. So I will just say that hey, there's a lot of neo-libs in this city. There's a lot of, of, of conservative homeowners. And there's like some outright Nazis who want to put homeless in concentration camps. So it's it, it's not all uh, fun and games here. Uh, it's changed dramatically over the years. Uh, the rents are expensive. Um, we have a substantial unhoused population because of lack of affordable housing, and we're finally starting to build some. But yeah, it's it, it, it's tough. Uh, local political scene it's it, it's it's tough and frustrating to try to. And then the mayor really just sucks. Uh, Jenny Durkin is just a pile of shit. So we'll we'll just have to see what happens. But anyone, if anybody who's in the area wants to join in the fun, please do. We need all the help we can get. Awesome. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate the update. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I don't have any. I don't post much to social media. So just check out the Shama Solidarity campaign and Nikita Oliver. Uh, check them out as well. They are absolutely amazing. Um, it's it's uh, it, it's going to be nuts uh, leading up to primaries in August and filing deadlines May first. So I don't know how many other people are going to jump in, but it's going to be crazy. All right. Well, thanks. So, thanks for yeah. the call. Right, Appreciate guys, it. Yeah. Great have a great uh, night. Thanks. Take it easy and have have more fun fixing your cars. Oh, I love it. It's so fun. Nothing better. Yeah. When I'm stable long enough, I start to look around for love. I like that song. I thought you were gonna change the lyrics to be relative to what we were to your car or something. No, I was just singing. When Pink I'm triangle. stable long enough, then I get a car repair. True, true. Uh uh thousand dollar charge on the invoice <laughs> let me know the truth yeah <laughs> absolutely i i let haven't me know worked... the truth of that invoice yeah i'm sorry i haven't i i don't do a lot of writing uh a uh, uh, parody songs but if you gave me a week i could do that okay i'm gonna put on the calendar one week from now uh one more call 
or no, we got we oh, got, got plenty of we calls. Got time for a break. We have a lot of break. We have a lot of calls. Well, let's take some calls. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's your pronouns? Hi, yes, this is Grayson from Orange County, California. He, him. Um, thank you for taking my call. Grayson's early tonight. That's great. It's good to hear from you. Uh oh, Brett's leaving. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's just getting something to drink. Uh, what's going on, Grayson? How's it going tonight? Um, it's going pretty well today. Um, for me, uh, obviously, some adapting to the daylight savings time, but I'm doing pretty well tonight. That's why I was able to call in um, when I did. Um, I want to actually tell you a little bit of a story that kind of explains how I got to where I where I got to. Um, and this and this is actually about my health issues. I mentioned a bit about the neurofeedback, the part where I had the electrodes put on my head while I was listening to Dave Ramsey. Um, that uh, yeah, that treatment was rather pricey. Took a long time to get that done, and I had and that was because I had a, a head injury on a bus in Los Angeles, and I was never able to actually get any money from the litigation um, against the against the bus agency because conservatives like to always say well the government is corrupt they cover up their own mistakes they exempt themselves from their own laws and the social welfare system if you get forced into it it's a really bad place to be and all of those things are true except that it is mostly in the direction of those who are who are less fortunate and their mentalities, their mindsets actually make you less able to counter these kinds of actions. So in my case, I actually, um, I had this head injury and forever and ever and ever, I was being gaslit by doctors. I'm unfortunately, I was on a, an HMO, basically a state version of Medicaid. And the doctors were basically gaslighting me, telling me that it was just anxiety turned out to be a major um, balance problem and some other issues that were just never detected. I had different nonprofit mental health organizations that were giving me really, really bad advice, making me feel really crappy about myself. And I just didn't know how to counter their, their narrative as well as I, as I do now. But what that led me to is that, is that when I got my treatment, the, the bill had to be paid up front. Um, uh, my Medi-Cal HMO promised to pay it, didn't pay it. And at the end, they decided that um, based on a formula that the state of California, after over a year of litigation now, is still refusing to um, state the basis for, that uh, almost an hour of mental health provider time is worth only $14.68. What? And they are, yeah, they're not, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And it, it was apparently set in 1997. I've filed legal paperwork. This one, one thing I want to make clear here is when you're suing the government, unless you're Donald Trump, nobody wants to help you. I've right. gone to lawyer after lawyer after lawyer, and nobody wants to work for you because they all, all these law firms are basically a factory operation. If you don't fit into their assembly line on the plaintiff's side, they won't let you in. The best way to find an attorney is to basically find out who you're suing and what type of case you're, you're doing and Number one is the standard go to the bar association. Don't trust commercials on TV. Number two is to actually go through the court records and find out who has sued those particular parties or sued over those things in the past and been successful. 
And of course, this is stuff that nobody really knows how to do. Even me with some pre-law training didn't know how to do. Um, but the state of California right now is still arguing that, 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 this, that this rate either A, doesn't apply when it does, that's the number that was used, or B, that somehow this is, this is correct. And meanwhile, the, this is the whole part that, that, that makes no sense to me. There are people that, thank God I have supportive family, I have people to help me. People who have mental illnesses will wind up getting untreated, and it costs the government like $100,000 if you become homeless and have to use a lot of services. Meanwhile, they bulk at like $10,000 um, at, at like the price that I would pay for this treatment that I needed, that their doctors agreed that I needed. And it, it, it is true that the, that the government-run healthcare system isn't as good as other healthcare. That is true. And that's why I was kind of getting scared of the whole Medicare for all thing. So conservative fear of that in a way is sort of, I hate to say it, but it's sort of justified. And the, and that's why I kind of have had this debate in my mind of if I, if we were to have a system, we want it to be something that's in control of the people rather than the control of bureaucrats because the bureaucrats don't know better than we do. I knew what I needed and I knew how to get it. It's just that they would not fall in line and make the system work in the way that those that, that need it. Right. And I think that's actually, that's sort of like the key lesson, that's sort of the key lesson of mutual aid actually that the people who need the help actually know something about how to deliver the help. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I, that's, and I also, I also understand yeah, what yeah, you're saying too. Like, I, I mean, I have family members or people I'm around that um, go through hell getting things covered by their Medicare. So saying Medicare for all isn't like the best signifier for them. Yes. And any, yeah, yeah, the whole thing about bureaucracy is I still have the same disdain for government bureaucracies as I did when I was in the Tea Party. It's just now that's a little bit different that I realized that the bureaucracy was bad, but it's bad because it's designed around control. They want to control how you receive your services. They want to control how the money is spent. They would rather spend more money and control you more than spend less money and control you less. That's, that's the lesson. Uh, behind it on a policy level. On a, on a practical level, um, the, the lesson behind it is basically when you have something that's done wrong to you, even if you're being told that it's not wrong, you still need to take action about it. And if somebody's using like some sort of complex of blaming you, I was dealing with these organizations that had nothing to do with the, with the, with the state Medi-Cal plan, um, but these different organizations that were trying to help me with I guess kind of self-help type stuff. And their whole thing was that everything was kind of my fault. And that just set me in such a spiral that I, and I felt like I had to be a perfectionist about everything. And when I got turned down by different personal injury lawyers to sue over the underlying bus case, I didn't, and I got thrown around. I didn't fight for myself the way that I probably should have fought for myself. So there can be an ideology that sounds empowering, but actually covertly and subtly disempowering because it is keeping you away from doing the very thing that you need to do. And when something feels wrong, then you need to say it. And the other, the last kind of key bit is when you're dealing with doctors and medical professionals, especially in sort of HMO type settings, you have to tell them like how things function. You don't want to talk too much about how you feel because 
when you get how you feel emotionally, because if you get too caught up in emotion, some of them will just write you off as being, oh yeah, it's just anxiety, whatever. Like if I would have kept repeating to them, it feels like the ground is moving. Um, It feels like the ground is moving. I feel off balance. Heck, had I told them that I'd stopped working out, stopped a bunch of activities because of, because of this, because I felt like the ground was moving functionally, I kept repeating that over and 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 again, then maybe people would have had a different impression of my, of my situation. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, you, you, you actually, give a little you, bit of you struck on a good point because this, the new, uh, they're, they're talking about the Joe Biden, uh, rescue act or whatever, whatever the hell's going on. And they're, they're saying they're going to cover Cobra for people. And they're they're talking about spending you know forty thousand dollars on people over the next six forty thousand dollars per person on average over the next six months, and that's really just to ex- like you said exert control. Like instead of instead of spending four thousand dollars to get everybody covered and the medical care they need, they need to they want the logistics in place. They want the the checks written to say, hey, we covered your ass. Uh, on these things instead of just doing the efficient healthcare thing, you know? Although I'll take the contrary position on that actually, because the Cobra plan for all we know might be actually might be better than what they would be getting, getting otherwise if they're, and it's, I figured, yeah. I Cobra's figured totally that, unaffordable even, if you don't have a job though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you don't have a job, it's, un, it's, un, it's, it's totally unaffordable, but it is, it is bet it is if the government's gonna pay hundred percent of that for I'd probably and I had Cobra available to me and it was a good plan, I would probably take the deal of the government paying hundred percent of my of my of my Cobra premium. And like I am not the kind of person who's into a lot of luxury stuff, but what the thing that I'm looking if I ever break a hundred thousand dollars a year, the thing I'm looking forward to doing is being able to pay the eight hundred dollar a month for the actual good health insurance because the two preconditions to getting good health care in America is number one, having a good PPO insurance plan, and number two, being able to front the money yourself out of your own pocket, not yeah. having it go directly to the insurance. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You were just saying, though, that like Medicare for all maybe puts a bad taste in people's mouth. It's like we don't have a name. You know what I'm saying? Like that we can say that people won't freak out about because if we said socialized medicine yeah. or universal health care, uh, uh, especially yeah. like universal health care freaks people out. Uh, socialized medicine freaks people out. Single payer freaks people out. Like basically, we're just going to have to pick one. And that's just going to be what we do. From, it's kind of like pro-choice. You know what I'm saying? We just have to pick a term yeah, gonna, and go. Which Medicare for all seems to be the term yeah. that we've decided to pick. Yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, it works. But what I think is it doesn't because we're not going to get it because this. everybody's been taught from the time they were a fucking baby that we shouldn't have the health care covered by the <laughs> government. So it's always going to be yeah. Happening. Yeah, yeah. I say focus on the provider side as well. Focus on on like more collectively sort of own cooperative provider structures, things like that, where where the the providers can have more of a say rather than some faceless faceless corporation. I think that will improve quality of care and make things a bit more financially efficient as well. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it seems like a shit show that's never going to get better. But you know, good congratulations (laughs) if they didn't fucking cut your head off. I guess is the best you can say. I don't know. 
people in the chat are talking about how people love Medicare for all, but we don't have Medicare for all, and I don't see it happening either. I don't think people are. Yeah, I think people, people aren't excited about like Medicare it. for all. I, I Your mean, ten buddies online are, but nobody else is excited about. Medicare. But I think it polls high. None of the Joe Biden people are excited about That's Medicare true. for all. But I think it polls high. But what polls high doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, legalized it's the same weed as legalized polls, weed yeah. polls very high. You know. So, so why what they're going to give us? We're you're right. I mean. I agree. I don't think I. I mean, I. I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fucking into the government doing anything right because bureaucracy doesn't solve any of the fucking problems for me. So I don't know. Yeah. My, my hands well. are hands are in the air on that one. But thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good night, right, Grayson. Thank you so much. You have a great night. Yeah. Have yeah. a good night, Grayson. Bye. Let's do one more and then go to break. All right. Because I don't want to stand. I'm up. just tired of talking. I just don't. There's just like. What do you do? Care about it? Then they like check your brain and see if you care. No, no one cares. You're gonna be punished. You're American. Deal with it. That's all. We, that's the deal that we got. Nobody's willing to to tough it out and uh, to do shit to do real shit. Well, you can't. You know, without the government, you can't make Medicare for all or or, he- or universal health care. That's right. So sort of impossible without them. Sit around and wait for the government to give it to us then. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What are your pronouns? Hey, guys. It's Ben again. He, him. What's been? up, Ben? How's it going? Hey, you know what I just found out? I was on MSNBC you know today. What? So, there's that. You were on MSNBC today? Apparently, yeah. One of my tweets Damn. showed up on MSNBC today because I was rude to Elon Musk. So, uh, that's something. Oh, way to go. Yeah, Yes. I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably deserved it. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, cool. if I'm going to show up on TV, it's being mean to Elon Musk seems like a good enough reason to be there, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty no, nice. I, I like that. Thank you, Mehdi Hassan show. That's yeah, yeah. fun. It, it, too bad it had to happen <laughs> on a fucking Sunday night, you know? I mean, what's that about? Yeah, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov, Brian. You want it to be on a <laughs> fr- you want it to be on a Wednesday. To tell you the truth, that's you want it to be a Monday, Tuesday, nah. Wednesday, Thursday. And it's a Sunday night show. You know, maybe a few people will see it. They'll be like, holy shit, man, this guy's hilarious because he made fun of Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what what's going on tonight, Ben? Dude, I'm, dude, I'm happy for you. No, I wanted to call back. Uh, I happen to be we're in a in Denver. We've got a blizzard situation happening. Uh so I just took a new job. I'm a bud tending at a place uh, that will not be named, but uh, it's real close. It's a nice place. Um, and also, uh, discount. It was it's snowing so bad. They, they, well, yeah, the discounts are great. But no, we got, to, we got to leave early today because it was just snowing too bad. They like, yeah, we shut it down at three o'clock. So I have a rare Sunday night off and my, from my new job. It's snowing? So I wanted to call back about uh, getting punched. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah ruining my life that uh, that makes me think that means makes me think it's gonna snow (laughs) here now it's like all weather comes from that way in my opinion so i mean i'm into weather comes from the west do you think because i always blame the east that's odd because people on the east think it comes from the west i think everybody i know has always believed that the weather comes from the west and i used to live on the west side of columbus which you know whatever that means but like 
I would always I mean, watch the yeah. weather come in and I would tell my wife, it's like, look west, that's where the weather is. And I would be right most of the time, <laughs> probably guessing more than anything. Like, it's not something I knew yeah, yeah. anything about. <laughs> right, right. So how's the dispensary going? I know you just started there. Uh, uh, is it a good oh, job? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, I like the flower uh, enough that I don't mind selling it, and it's mostly it's like one of those vertically integrated places. They've got their own grow and make their own concentrates out of their own same strains, so you don't have to learn as many of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because every you know, you got the same the same the same flower wax uh, live resin. It's all of the same you know ten you know ten or fifteen strains that we've got. So. Yeah, what's it's, uh, it's fun, you know. It's a well, good. Yeah, did you have anybody explain CBN to you yet? Oh uh, yeah, no, I got. Uh, I've been using the uh, the edibles, the uh, CBN berry gummies, the wild. Huh? Yeah, yeah, elderberry it's, it's, uh, two to one. So they're uh, yeah, yeah. Ew. Is elderberry so gross? Little, uh, origami. Uh, it's a little dusty. Do I? elderberry sounds gross i buy these gummies and i would love to i'll have to get the name of the company uh i cannot for the life of me remember the name of the company but they make the absolute worst tasting gummies i've ever had in my life it is a miracle how bad these gummies taste and i buy them every time because i'm like i'll buy a different flavor and i'll be like oh i wonder how they're gonna fuck Uh blueberry up and i I bought these blueberry ones (laughs) And they taste so fucking bad. I like don't know how they made blueberry taste so bad. I mean, okay, so I the, got the first ones I bought were a, pear. As a sample one, so good. The first uh, ones I brought were pear, pear flavored. I love pears, Ben. P, like P P E A R P E A R flavor. Yes, and I love pears. You don't see pear. You don't see pear a lot as a flavor in the wild, right? But it tastes so good. It's like it's like cucumber. It's like there's not a whole lot of flavor there. It just kind of tastes like mushy water. Oh, that's right. not, that's crazy. Pears taste so good. They're such a great treat. Yeah, I but, also <laughs> I get the cucumber blackberry water from Aldi all the time too. Yeah, so. these pears, these pear gummies taste like just straight up beer. Like if I bit into beer, and I don't like beer, so that was gross. Huh. So then I was like, right, okay, right. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna purchase these wild blueberry. Uh, five to one CBN to THC ones to check this CBN shit out. I t- I get it. Right. I eat it, and it's the worst flavor I've ever had. It just is. It's like it's got a tiny bit of blueberry, but I don't know what they added like cumin right. or something. It feels like and turmeric. Just oh, ew, oh, they ew, just ew, taste. No, that's, uh, all, all yeah, the they taste like breweries shit. out here do that with their. Uh, all the microbreweries out here do that with their uh, fancy seltzers. They'll put like uh, aromat, like herbs and shit in. Don't the, do that. Like it'll be like lemon, but with yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's people were eating people it's, were yeah. eating fruits and <laughs> and like gummy bears and stuff like that for decades before oh, they yeah. did, before without any turmeric in them. 
And now they're like, oh, you know right. what makes yeah, them, yeah, yeah. you know what makes gummy bears taste good? Although you put a little turmeric in them, and it's like cancer ugh. fighting, cancer yeah. fighting, and it has that big guava flavor. Trying to eat some bad shit though, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to get fucked up. I'm not trying to do no healthy shit. Right My now. guess on these gummies, I have a guess a little bit that they print mm-hmm. on them THC, like a white sort of prob- edible ink obviously okay they print the warning label right. on each Sometimes, gummy yeah. yeah on each gummy they print the warning right. label and i wonder if that tastes like shit you know what i mean because like, they all taste bad i'll bring you one mm-hmm. over and you can taste it you'll be like oh good geez and i eat one every night and i'm like ah <laughs> i also i bought psychedelic water for you psychedelic water yes what's that it's got what? kava and some other yeah. extract, Dominia? Something Dominia? Is it called Dominia? Mm-hmm. Dominatrix? That's I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Domina Chiara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it water that someone was soaking shrooms in? Damiana. <laughs> Trying it's, to unlock their powers? It's Damiana. Okay. It's a shrub in Mexico okay. that will make will fuck you up if you eat too much. Okay, I'll try it. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> What are you going to do? It's like Delta 8. Do they yeah, have Delta 8 at your dispensary? Huh? I have no idea what that is, man. It gets is you high, some, uh, but it's legal. No, it gets you high, oh, but it's okay. like legal. You can sell it in illegal states because THC is against the law, okay. but Delta 8 is not against the law. Whoa. And they sell it at all the CBD is stores weird, here. Is it the weird like herbal weed that people have been falling out over and like or is this a different kind of yeah like, for people weed? that can't handle just regular old fucking weed which has been the burning bush <laughs> since the bible happened so they have to isolate one fucking chemical well they couldn't get it you know what i'm saying they couldn't get Del- okay they couldn't get sure if you sure can't get couldn't. weed if you're like a 67 year old grandma and you're like i want to get high it's like i'm i was thinking about this the other day right. and i that maui wowie doesn't have the delta eight i need yeah i was thinking about this the other day and i know this right. is weird or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean but i was thinking about how like i'm 42 uh-huh. okay and right. i do not have and all drugs connect anymore and it's so depressing it was it's like oh yeah 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 because once you get past i don't know 25 you lose that guy that can get mm. everything you know i used to have guys that could get oh yeah no yeah, yeah yeah anything i wanted i just had to call them and be like hey can you get this and they'd I be know. like yeah i got it it's gonna cost this much maybe they tax you a little bit mm-hmm. on it but like I don't have right. one. I don't have a drug guy that can just get me any drugs. I had I had uh, that guy who was such a shit talker that me and my roommate at the time uh, didn't believe him uh, when he said this uh, Timothy Leary acid was like crazy good and had all kinds of chemicals in it and there was going to be $25 a hit. <laughs> still He's bought, got like, the family fluff, man. We still bought... We still bought four hits of blotter and ate them, well, too soon, as it turns out, because that was like a whole 48-hour or 40-hour weekend of uh, freaking out uh, that we spent, you know. Uh, that sounds good. Not really seeing God, just like getting sick. Of, well, I mean, you get sick of it at a certain point. It's just like, this needs to stop. <laughs> I, I got to at that point. Anyway, we both did. We were both like, why, do we, why can't we stop feeling good for crying out <laughs> loud? 
Yeah. But yeah. Hey, yeah, you, uh, it, you, was, it was too much after like, you know, I, I got to say this. You said that you got beat by a Kung Fu guy last time you called in, right? Right. Okay. I need yeah, yeah. it. We yep. want to hear that now before we got to go to break soon, Okay. but I would okay. love to I'll, hear about how you got your sternum crushed by a, a Kung Fu guy. That's something I'm interested in. Well, the, the Kung Fu guy is a supposition on my part. Well, uh, I mean, what happened was there was a guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm only guessing, but, uh, because he punched me directly in the sternum and broke it, which is apparently a difficult, according to the, uh, uh, emergency room doctor, it's not something that's easy to do. So like in car accidents, people don't usually break their sternum or, or so she said, I don't know. But yeah, he, uh, it was just a guy. Apparently I was walking too close to his car. He said something about me looking in his car or something. And so instead of talking to him, I like just sort of tried moving. I was like walking in the street anyway, but I started drifting very quickly to the other side of the street. And he like, you know, shoved me up against a fence and hit me about the head and chest. And then when I fell over, he, he did a, uh, he did a a wrestling finishing move and uh, twisted my ankle. Uh, oh, so like Kurt Angle. That was, that's not Wing Chun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. Yep. That's not. <laughs> I mean, it's some kind of martial art, I'll bet you. I guess punching somebody in yeah, the sternum I mean, is a just a move that I could even do. Although, right. although to tell you the truth, oh, yeah. the other night we're over here. And we're over here at Brett's house and, and he's got to connect now with the Xbox and I'm doing this boxing game. Okay. And I am just watching okay. myself throw punches. Like I was outside of my body watching myself throw punches. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Ben, uh-huh. I used to think I was a badass motherfucker, man, that could just throw a punch, you know, <laughs> like if I had to, you know what I mean? If, like, so, if I was right. like walking too close to somebody's car and they jumped out and they're like, what are you doing? Are you looking in my car? Like that? I would just be like, oh, you want some? Unleash fury upon them. And then I'm playing this goddamn boxing game and I'm trying to throw punches and I just I was like this, I don't I should be kicked out of the house for this. I shouldn't be allowed to play this game anymore. You know what I mean? It was so I was humiliated by that. And uh uh so I think in order to crush somebody's sternum, you do Mm. have to be trained in some way. To fight, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, nobody that's, can that's, punch. That's Brett. why I said kung fu guy. I was. Yeah, I was a bit of a. Uh, he could have been a boxer. Lily. Yeah, he could have sure. been a boxer. But it's like yeah. MMA. If he, if they went oh, for yeah. the, an ankle break on you, that's an MMA fighter. Yeah, I'm right. just saying that you have to be able because, like, practically punching and putting somebody could, in an ankle. You could also lock, just be a guy who's really, really into bones. Yeah. And well, I mean, to break all the different bones. I mean, punching punching a guy know. and putting him in an ankle lock is not easy. Like, if you were like, right. if Brett I mean, was pre- like, let's go. It's easy with considering, considering it's me, it's not that hard. It's all I'm mm. saying. I was trying I don't know, to fight in the first place. You know what I mean? I don't know, though, because <laughs> to me, it's like, if I had to punch, if somebody was like, Brian, come over here and punch me and put me in an ankle lock. I wouldn't be able to even do it, you know. <laughs> After seeing myself play that boxing game, I just wouldn't be able right. to do it at all, you know. And you'd be, uh, pre- be pre flinching. <laughs> no, I just my punches look 
I have never seen somebody punch the way I punch. And, and you know, I was watching my it's wife. It's self-taught. Yes, I guess self-taught. But, dude, when I did it, because what happens is at the end of the game, it shows you yourself. Yeah, it, like, takes, it, yeah, it takes sneaky pictures of you while you're oh. playing the game. And it shows you, like, holding your, your two palms on your chest. You know, like, resting them here while you're, while you're fighting. Yeah, and I'm, like, fucking... I'm just, like... I can't believe that's what it looks like when I throw punches. Like, I was never a big fighter, you know? I've been in a couple fights. Everybody's been in a couple of fights, you know? I was never a big fighter, but I always thought, like... Man, if I got some punches in, I would fuck somebody up. You know what I mean? I got beat up every time I ever got in a fight. That's the entire, like, conservative ideology is that you believe inside of it that you're mad enough to win a fight. And it's like, <laughs> that's not, it's technique and practice. It's yeah. nothing more than technique and practice that wins fights. It doesn't, it has nothing to do with your mindset or whether you think you can win or not. Well, you know, what's funny is when I take my walks, Brett, Sometimes I'll be like, you know, I I walk like kind of like a bummer, you know, like I I'm I'm kind of hunched over and you know I'm looking at my phone and stuff. So sometimes I'm like, I gotta do something with my hands. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Where it's sure. like you, you, I mean, like what are you really doing when you're walking with your hands like down to your side? Just oh oh god, I'm walking. You know what I mean? So sometimes I'll throw air punches while I'm walking, okay. and now I'm humiliated because people see me throw those air punches and they look like they did when I did the connect. Yeah, you know what I mean? I do this combo. I'll I'll, I'll do the combo for Don't. you real quick. Oh no, I'm gonna get up and do this the combo. Stream. This isn't just Xbox 360. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you know that's all it takes to knock somebody out. <laughs> that's my combo. Couple and raps I, on the head. I always think people are like, this guy might be a boxer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when they see me and I'm walking <laughs> like, oh, this guy might be a boxer. It's, that's cool. You know, you don't see a lot of boxers out there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, I he know did the, uh, he did the little, little, the little sweep in the arm thing at the end there. That's, that was, that's legit. That's a. That's like a haymaker coming from the side. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's okay. like a coming yeah, from the side. Hay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it looks intense. Got to make the hay. Yeah. I can't believe that, though. Yeah. That guy was trained. You know what? Brett tried to take it away from you at yeah. first and be like, he probably wasn't trained. I didn't say that. You said, like, <laughs> maybe he doesn't know Kung Fu or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I tried to take it away from you, but I'm going to tell no, I'm you. I'm saying that's not Kung Fu moves. Though. Okay. It's maybe a different discipline. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I would say you're doing some Orientalism, maybe. But Okay. Okay. But I, what I'm saying is yeah, he was yeah, trained. This guy was trained. This guy was trained and he was Frankly, trying. He was trained and he was trying mm -hmm. to like, he had been waiting all day to fuck somebody up. And then like, because yep. nobody cares if you walk too close to their car. Nobody does that. I mean, you know? they shouldn't. The, I, right. I, yeah. But I mean, if I mean, you're if in I, a city. If I, was, if, I was, if I was fucking with the door handle trying to get into it, that'd be a different story. Exactly. But, you know. If you're in a city, though, it's like you're going to be close to people's cars. So, like, a guy yeah. just getting all mad oh, yeah. at you, that's what makes me, he was trained because he was like, mm. all I want to do yeah. is break somebody's sternum. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then put him yeah, in yeah. a Patriot lock, ankle lock. You do know? a one-inch yeah. punch on him. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, I feel you for what, you, it's, Ben. It's a, it's a bummer too. Breaking your breaking your sternum. I mean, it, it took like a month to heal, but <sighs> oof, yeah, that's like the center of the that's whole a, system there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to breathe. Oh yeah, your whole upper body, like uh, like laughing too hard, hurt really bad. Uh, sneezing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, couldn't sleep more than a couple three hours and at a clip just because it's the breathing thing yeah. and whatnot. It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. I agree. That's what, I mean, you know, the one thing that people in the, in the comments are going off, but uh, you know, it, the show is called street fight, but more than anything, like I want to stop that as much as possible. Like physical violence sucks. Oh, sure, it's, sure. it's not cool. It's not fun. Everyone involved is like making the wrong, wrong decision. There's nothing great about yeah. it. Yeah, I I would say that too. I don't want to get in a fight. You know? No. I mean, I get fucked up yeah, no, now. I know. It, I'd have to turn it into a wrestling match now, which by the way, not a strong guy either. I don't have strength. So like if I got into a fight, mm -hmm. now that I know I can't punch, it's like, well, now we'll turn it into a wrestling match, which like my daughter could probably beat me in a wrestling match. Not a strong guy when in that respect yeah. you yeah. know weak arms just weak arms you know but uh ben thank you for calling we're gonna go to break now uh uh it was very right. fun talking to you enjoy? buddy i could use a cigarette myself all right well we'll we'll be back in five <laughs> minutes rip those so. heaters ripping heaters uh this week uh we have on for your calling music it's the trash pile they said, Luke sent to us, happy to support you guys. If you need music for your Sunday shows, I have been a part of a remote collaboration with friends throughout the pandemic. We released a few albums so far. It's all on a spectrum of weird that I think listeners might be into. Here's the Bandcamp link. They're available at thetrashpile.bandcamp.com. And we will be back after this break. And Brian, you got some mail to open up. Okay. All around the tire store, the people congregate. They've been here for centuries, the flesh has long decayed. All shelved into buildings that spun up across the way. Walk the halls and you can hear them pulling out the
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. If you enjoyed that music, it was The Trash Pile. You can find them at thetrashpile.bandcamp.com. They're Street Fight listeners and and supporters. And if you have music that you make, uh, send us a direct message. Send us an email at streetfightradio at gmail.com. We'll get it played on the call-in show. Uh, If you're in the queue right now, we will get to you. We've got enough time. Uh, but I did want to say, uh, well, I did want to have Brian open up a package that we got this week. If you have mail that you want to send to Street Fight Radio, send it to P.O. Box 82306, Columbus, Ohio, 43202. That's Street Fight Media, P.O. Box 82306, Columbus, Ohio, 43202. If you want to send mail to us, Brian, what do you got over there? I'm opening. What are you opening it with? Box cutter. My knife is at home. I'm in my pajamas. I had a long day. You need a pajama knife. I keep it right next to my bed, and then I flip it open and stab my dresser, my uh, night table sometimes while I'm watching the shield. Okay. All right, here we go. I got a happy face gimmick. Okay. A receipt. What is this? What is this? Some VHS is the beginner's video guide to home computers. Part one. I'd watch this. Um, Cash flow. The secrets of the rich by uh, old Robert Kiyosaki. That's a yeah. good one. We're gonna have to get that. Uh, we're gonna have to get a VCR to hook this up to. Who moved my cheese? Who moved it? Maybe we... Well, we already learned who moved my cheese. And finally, conducting high-impact, low-stress performance reviews. Uh, A bunch of very good guests for Get Motivated. Uh, Maybe we can get somebody to rip these onto a computer so we can watch them. Yeah, I'll have to figure out how to get a vcr hooked up yeah i don't know how to do that so these are great thank you for the self-help stuff now i'm going to get self-helped that's great yeah i need it all right we're gonna want to take a call yeah let's do these calls thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight uh what are your pronouns Uh, you're talking to, uh, Sick Mick from Calgary. That's he, him. What's up? What's up, Sick Mick? How's it going? Well, it's going all right. It's just, just usual Sunday night. I've been meaning to call in for weeks and I keep either completely forgetting about it because I got too stoned or, uh, you got a full queue there. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, I, I do the same thing. I get a little stoned sometimes. I have all these plans. And then I'm I forget about it, and then like right before the plan is supposed, right after, like like if it was me I, at midnight, I would be like, oh, I'm calling into street. Well, nope, not happening. Actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it happens like that. Yeah, yeah, you always like remember. It, you always remember right at the time where it's like, oh, I I was supposed to do that. And uh, uh, then you yeah, feel like a like fool. Way too late. Yeah, I do that all the time. Well, what, what's going on, sick Mick? Uh, I got I got two things, or I guess three things. I, I got a 
I either got a pottery barn. I got pottery barns, insane loss prevention I can talk to you about. I have a butt rock conspiracy, or I can try and answer some COVID questions. I think you guys have COVID questions. I'm actually a virologist, so how I can about, do any of those three, whichever one you want. How about, because I'm a COVID genius, I read about it all day and all yeah. night. I know everything. Yeah. I've been making cold calls Absolutely. to pharmacies to get no, on a list. You. I should be asking you the question. Yeah. Yeah. I read about it all day. It's crazy. So uh, um, what about Pottery Barn? I'm interested in Pottery Barns because here's the thing. Part, okay. Pottery Barns. Barn, yeah, wait on it. Pottery Barns loss prevention. <laughs> barn. Like they don't, you fucking hoser. (laughs) It feels like they don't even need loss prevention. They sell all huge things. Like how could they need loss prevention? So here's here's the thing. That's exactly it. The loss prevention has. There's nothing for shoplifters. It's exclusively for the employees. Everything about the loss prevention is to stop you the employee from ripping them off because like you got if if you can get in that back room you can you can make off with like five hundred dollars a plate in a book bag like because everything's so expensive right so they they are really strict for bag checks but one of the things they would do is if something got broken because we had like basement storeroom so like you know if you're like working in like a furniture store some of the stuff gets out of the box because like people return it or we bring it up to the floor and it gets like busted right like if you have like a like a chair or something one of the legs gets snapped off we like sell it for a discount but it, it so the first thing they do is they just start taking like like they'll put it on the floor sell it as is and they'll start taking like 50 dollars off but if it doesn't sell by a certain point they're not allowed to take it below uh, whatever the store bought it for, they can't sell it for less than that. And if that happens, um, you have to destroy it. Like no one in the store can buy it. Uh-huh. You just have to destroy it. So I've like, and the thing that's crazy about it is that what you, so I worked in the basement, like I was a stock guy. So what they'd have us do, um, usually it was supposed to be a manager and like, that's fine if it's like, I don't know, like if it's a seat, they'll just cut it open with a box cutter and throw it by the curb. Um, but if it's like something bigger, they the managers are always supposed to do the destruction because they don't trust the stock guys because we were like stealing. Yeah, because like you were some some fucking rug got all stained. And my buddy, we just like left the back door unlocked and his roommate just walked in and took it all out. And we did that a couple times and they got wise to it. So a manager was supposed to do the destroying because they didn't trust us. So I, uh, I, I smashed like a $5,000 table with a sledgehammer while my manager just watched. And we were just both kind of like, there was no need to do this. Like it, it just had a big scratch along the whole length of it. You could have filled it in with filler and sanded it. Easy fix. I Like they said, you could buy it for whatever it was, but even the markdown, it was still $2,500. So you just had to, you just had to smash it. Just had to smash it with a fucking sledgehammer. It seems like it <laughs> and seems we had like to do that a couple times. It seems like the goal here or the move is to try to if you had a cool manager, make a deal with the manager, you know, and then sell everything on eBay. That's what I would do. What that that's the play and like fuck, some things can get lost. Like 
things get lost anyway. Like why, why, why can't they end up on eBay? Why can't some people make some cash? Like one, one plate out of a box of 20 goes, gets lost. Like Pottery Barn can take the hit, but they have the company structured in such a way that like the, the organization doesn't pay for that. Like that's all on the store. Like this, like it's almost like a weird, like almost like a feudal thing. Like you have to pay, pay the brand for the stuff and like stuff that gets lost or damaged. That's all on the store to eat the cost. So all the managers were freaked out all the time about anything getting kind of busted. Um, they'd always be like right on your ass if you weren't like finding shit fast enough. And it was like a big storeroom. And obviously we had like crazy high turnover. So everything got fucked up all the time. Like it would never, uh, it would never stay organized. So you're basically just like climbing, trying to find shit. It, it, it was weird. It was a weird job, but they, they, they'd have a bunch of stuff like that. It was always like this big thing about, oh, what was that? There was something about, because when the rugs got delivered, they're big, they're really great. Stop me if I'm rambling too. They're great big heavy things, but what always happened is they'd leave them outside because the delivery would get there at like 6 a.m. And that was like before they'd even want, like they wouldn't want to pay us to get there that early. Yeah. So they'd always just sit and then they get wet and then they get fucking moldy and you crack it open and it would be like, it would smell bad. It would smell like mildew. You won't, you wouldn't sell it to anybody. And we would always get shit for that. But we said, you just need to pay us to come in sooner and pull them in. And they didn't want to do it. Like there were so many moments like that where they were like, okay, we're losing product because of this weird policy, but we don't want to pay anyone overtime to go fix the problem. Like, we, we'd hate to change this policy that's losing us money. Instead, we'll just blame you. <laughs> yeah. We hate to save money, but it, it, it's, it's which do we hate more, paying people overtime or like just losing money to product? And I guess they just lose money to product. But It's wild. Also, the the destroying thing is like they do have a there is like a thing where so I have a college oh, yeah. I have a college degree so I could get a job at Pottery Barn as a manager and then hire Brett and then we would have like a lot of Pottery Barn shit to eBay you know what I mean because all it takes is a bachelor's degree to become yeah. a manager at a retail store. That's all the loss prevention was, though, is trying to find things like that and then fixing the loopholes for it. Like, you, the manager would need to, you need, like, two managers to sign off. They need you to supervise destroying it. Like, I wasn't allowed to, like, just go out and bust up the table. I yeah. needed a manager to watch me destroy it. Like, the whole loss prevention top-down is just stopping employees from getting, like, do, doing a little doing a little bit, a uh, little bit of that stuff. Like you're going to throw it out anyway. I'm just going to throw it in the back of my, like back of my truck or something. I'm not going to throw out all this shit. So it just gets to go and do a dump. Like, yeah, they just don't want you to sell it. I think is the thing. It's like, I don't think they would care if they yeah, thought you were taking it. furniture home and like using it in your house. Yeah. They would just get fired up because you sold it on eBay for cheap. You know, you don't want that pottery yeah, well, bar name getting fair, sullied by cheap stuff. Yeah. That was the same when I worked at the uh, warehouse. Fair, that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I worked at the Abercrombie warehouse, it was the same What's thing. That? There was people, there was like church people 
folks that would go to the sample sales where like every jeans were four dollars, shirts were two dollars, uh, you know, all of that. You could get a bag full of clothes for ninety bucks, and there was a lot of really great people that would go and shop and buy all the stuff that we had, and they would take trash bags full of clothes and donate them. And then those people would get fired. Like they they would track down who yeah. was reselling. They would investigate. They went really far to make sure that like all of these irregular clothes or sample clothes that we were letting you buy for cheap, you can't let them go anywhere else. We don't want you handing them out to people in need. Like that's not what these clothes are for. Yeah. Well, you, you can't even do that with like pottery bar and shit. Like you can't, can't feed anyone with like a $1,500 rug. Like yeah. it's, it's not anything. It's just like, it, it's just saving it from the dump. Like that's all it goes. You can't, you don't even have that angle. It's just, I, I swear it's just them. They can't stand the idea that anyone is getting anyone over them. They're like, Oh yeah. The employees are the reason we're losing money. It's and like that. You feel that when you're working there. It is weird. It is a weird place to work. Yeah, where you're the bad guy, you know? You're you're the you're their worst problem is that they have to have employees, which yeah. is most businesses. They hate it. The the worst problem <laughs> that you can have is having employees to them. You know what loses us the most money? Paying people to work here. Selling this stuff. We buy for a hundred, we sell it for three hundred, <laughs> not a problem, but we gotta pay these fucking people to do it. It sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is interesting. We had, like, we had like two levels to that. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I, I can pop off too if the team's busy. I, I, I was just gonna say, there's like two levels to that too, because like we're like the stock guys, like we're like the the grubby basement ghouls. Like we just kind of like show up every now and then, just covered in dirt with a chair, and like then you obviously have all the people who need to do all the sales and they're, they're always mad at us because we can't do anything fast enough. And then obviously they're just like getting yelled at by the managers because our numbers aren't good enough or whatever. So yeah. Is yeah, that a commission cool. place? <laughs> Is that a commission place for the salespeople? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. It's commission. You know, you know, it's Oh commission. really? Yeah. You can't yeah. sell more than one thing a day. You know, how, how could you, you really, know, you know what, you, you know how you get fucked? You know how you get really badly fucked with that? If there's a return, they take it out of your commission. Fuck like if if you have a return a month later, yeah, you, you your paycheck's five hundred dollars left. That's Tony Robbins it's, shit right there. He vicious. does that too. <laughs> yeah, I've had those sales positions too, where you you think you have a big month, and then they're yeah. like, we have to also calculate the people that canceled from last month, and it's like. You you gave them a shitty service. I can I lied to them enough to get the money. That's on you. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in, sick Mick. Uh, that is interesting. I've never heard yeah, of that you, kind uh, of LP department. You have a good night. I never heard. Yeah. I never. I yeah, know that yeah. like half of loss prevention is monitoring the employees, but I've never heard of a place where it's just. A hundred percent like we hire LP so that we can bother the employees all day. Yeah, someone's gonna pocket a couple of things here or there, but the employees are the ones that we we pay them so little that they're mad at us, so now we have to like defend against their wrath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? And what's your pronouns? Your PN. Oh, it's me. Howdy. 
Hi. How you doing tonight? Who's this? I'm good. How are you? How are you guys? This is Coco from Sacramento. What's up, Coco? How's it going? Well, this is actually my first time calling into any show, so I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. You're doing great but so far. You're doing good. I'd give it a shot. Um, my um, partner, David, has been introducing me to some podcasts, you guys and Chapo and such, and I've been learning a lot, so I thought, oh, what the heck? I'm going to get involved. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. Yeah. But, um, Let us know what's I, up. I really appreciate you guys. Um, uh, first, I want to say a couple things that I thought were funny. Allusions to some earlier things in the show. One is, I'm ashamed to say I still do Amazon. I'm sorry. I, I do. I do, too. And so. the other is uh, uh, the Postal Service three times this week. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. Three times this week has sent us the wrong shit. So, and I'm like, okay, I have to take it to the neighbor. I have to take it to the business downstairs. I'll send it to the other person. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're overworked. Like yeah, they're, they're, they're killing yeah. the male people. They're that trying everything sure. to make the, the yeah. post office fail. I yeah. feel like this point, it's just, it's the same thing when you go to get fast food. It's like no one is set up here to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The organization it's, is like, it's working, really kind of sad against everything. It, it is. It is sad yeah. because the postal service is actually a really kick ass idea. You know, like it's one of the good things that we've done as a, a as a, a country that we have this postal service where we can cheaply send stuff from uh, uh, one pa place to the other and it gets there most of the time. But uh, when they tried, they're just trying to destroy it because they're like, well, you know, we could actually probably make money by giving a contract to Amazon, you know, or or, or whoever they would be giving a contract to well i i may be a conspiracy theorist but i feel that last um fall when we had that election and they said oh well we're just gonna you know fuck with the postal service so that they can't actually mail stuff yeah. you know that there's something went on there so that was not very good anyway ostensibly i'm calling to talk with brian about the kia issue <laughs> I well, you, you can hear David laughing in the background. I'm sorry. Is, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. What's up? Okay, so um, I have to commend Brian for his compassion because I'm I'm a more confrontational person. So I will um, preface this by saying I think it's kind of cool that he, you know, gave them the benefit of the doubt and allowed them to, you know do the right thing they didn't i gotta say this because i right. i haven't been able to say it on the show yet since wednesday but when i went on thursday to okay. pick up my car instead of charging me 750 dollars yeah. they charged me 175 dollars uh -huh. so i oh, did thank god i did okay. get it knocked off a little bit that was nice yeah because i was gonna suggest um you know, calling the AG or the corporate office and saying, look, this is not cool. But if they did that already, then, you know, maybe you're okay. I, I just, I didn't feel comfortable with that story. It just made me itch, you know? Well, I'll tell you, it made me itch 
to go in there after threatening them. So it was sort of like when I told him I had a journalist working with me the whole next morning, I was like, oh, I got to go here. This guy's going to look me in the face and have to deal with it. And when he took the money off, I was just like, oh, this is great. And then I, I like shook his hand and I said, uh, hey, I was never mad at you. you know? <laughs> Damn cool. it. What? You want that motherfucker to be up at night. I know. I you don't want them though. To think I wanted that he's to... an awful per he's an awful person that works and does awful things. Now I don't hold it against them, but like you should have like you should live in strife for your whole no. life. Yeah, I was just like, dude, you know, this isn't me. I don't I don't do stuff like this. I, I don't like confrontation and and like I just I I had to get my feelings out there and I hope I wasn't too mean. And then uh, uh, he shook my hand and said, no, it's great. And But then he did kind of what he did kind of be like, I'm doing you a huge favor here sort of thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he mm -hmm. once he saw my weakness, once he saw blood in the water, he decided to tell me all the things he did that he didn't have to do and that the company did. We didn't make any money off this, you know, so. I just got rid of all the labor and, you know, we're going to pay. Don't worry. We're going to pay the person who we're going to pay the person that uh, worked on the car out of our money, not out of your money. And I was like, oh, OK. But I wasn't concerned about that. I thought I figured you were going to pay the person that did the work. But uh, he did also tell me that, you know, the part that they put on the car that didn't need to be changed. He was like, that was still necessary. You still needed that, you know? So that was a little bit, he, I guess like I won in the end. So I was willing to give a little bit back to them. I guess I ended up winning. When, when you talked to your friend from Jalopnik, did they, did he actually pursue that? He was going to write about it. And then he he just sort of told me like you should uh he just sort of told me like you should just tell them that you know you should just let mm -hmm. him know okay uh uh that I, you're talking to a journalist that might help so i did that i don't even know if jalopnik was going to write a piece about it i just like used it and then he the guy was so happy it was like the guy at the place was so happy he was like oh you know like he killed the story it was like a political intrigue thriller to him where he's like i did it i killed the story gonna it's not gonna get out his boss mm -hmm. is gonna give him an extra bud light platinum on friday and say you saved us a lot of money this week kid yeah 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 so a, a lot of bad press we Probably. could have a lot of bad yeah. press you know so but yeah. you know that stuff works, like I said. I mean, I've used the AG before. I've used the, you know, cons uh, the corporate offices before. They don't like getting consumers that are upset. So, yeah, it helps. Well, it the does. corporate office, does something. I was working with the corporate office. They did not care at all that I was angry. Uh, <laughs> they, they were sort of, this was like a thing where it was like, I was going to have to hash it out. Uh, I was going to have to hash it out with the people at the place and figure it out. But I also find that to be a little easier. I feel like we, we never resorted to yelling at each other. 
You know, there was never any yelling. I was never mean. I was never super insulting to him. So part of me is like, that is like a win all around. I didn't have to be mean to a guy. Uh, I got what I wanted and uh, everything's better. You know, everything's fixed now. My car's running. My car's working. But, uh, you know, I, I, when you say, well, the, I, uh, uh, I, I, I give you a lot of credit for that because. I probably would have resorted to a little bit of a New Yorker confrontational <laughs> Too scary for me. Yeah. That was too fucking scary for me. Was like just because when yeah. I came in the next day, I was like shaking when I got there because I was so mm. fucking I was so worried that I hurt the guy's feelings. And that was like my goal was mm. to like not hurt that guy's feelings, uh, uh, which I wow. know not like probably I always lose, but, uh, uh, you know, I always lose in that respect. I, I don't always make it. Uh, but I, I don't always like get what I want, but like this time it felt like I asserted myself a little and I got what I wanted. So all in all, I think it's a big win. I think it's a huge win considering the discount that you got from their, $750, whatever they were going to charge you. So, yeah. Yeah, they ripped, they were trying, right. they well, got me. Well, thanks for calling, Coco. That's all I want. I appreciate to talk about. it. Thank it you. It's, it's the first time. So, thank you guys. And thank you guys for all your education. I appreciate it. I don't know anywhere near as much as you guys do, but oh, I just thought I wanted to talk about that. You know more than we do. Thanks for calling, Coco. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, hell no. All right. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, I mean, are you, I, I don't know, I guess, I, I don't know. I feel like even apologizing made me feel like the better man, in a way. Like, That's I all. even got a little bit out of that. That's all that matters. Yeah, I got a little bit out of it, you know, where the guy was like, this guy's not a dick, and I just gave him $500, $600, you know? But uh, I I handled my issue, so that was it. Yeah. Um I uh I I don't I don't know. I guess whatever yeah, there's different ways to react to it and if you feel good about it, that's that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Big win. Big win. We love big wins. Yeah. Uh thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What are your pronouns? Dude's posting their W's. <laughs> Uh, this is Andrew, the ice cream man. He, him. What's up, guys? What's up, Andrew? How's it going? How's the ice cream business? Mr. Ice Cream Man. <laughs> uh, it's uh, We haven't started back up for the season yet, but uh, a little update to that. I uh, I told you guys that I had a bunch of money saved up from last year. Uh, I've been on unemployment all winter, and I just got my tax return. So uh, the other day, I went out and I bought a new car. Uh, cash. It was like Whoa, Dave Ramsey style. Yeah, Dave Ramsey style. <laughs> you went in there, Dave Ramsey style, with the cash and bought it. They know you're serious yeah. when you do that, according to L L D R. It's very stressful though, because I went from having like fourteen thousand dollars to having like three hundred dollars. Bad feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife inherited big change. My wife inherited a big amount of money. $7,500 for her grandma. <laughs> and uh, 
when we got it, we were like, we got seven G's, man. So we went shopping like the first night and bought like yeah. a ton of clothes, like a lot of clothes. But then basically just all the money that her grandmother made before she died and and set, sent it to us to set us up was gone in two weeks. It was just not a dime left of that. Go go right back to living paycheck to paycheck. It's just catch up money, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah I yeah, we did now, pay a lot. Now of I'm bills. back to like. <laughs> now I'm back to like. Okay, when is my unemployment check coming in? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. Go wrong. But not uh, having a car payment is uh, that's that's breathing room. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, you really that that's the the best thing you did was was buy that car outright because now, I mean, you have a brand new car that you don't have to pay for, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when and, you, uh, shockingly, you, my insurance didn't go up that bad either. So, And you would have been paying, I mean, for that car, for the $14,000 car you bought, if you got a loan, you'd probably be paying $25,000. You know, they really, they get you on those yeah, uh, yeah. loans. I know I paid $25,000 for my piece of shit car. <laughs> I got a piece of shit car. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's a piece Is of shit. Is that including all of, the, all of your uh, trips to the Kia dealer after the purchase? Or? <laughs> no, that doesn't <laughs> even count those. But like, I look at what oh, I've God. paid and what I have left to pay. And I'm like, this car was $25,000. Um, well, hey, I do. I have something that I wanted to call in and talk about, but it's just a promo thing. Before I do that, uh, you, you had somebody talking about loss prevention uh, earlier. Oh, uh, let me ask you guys this. Have you ever talked to somebody who worked at a guitar center before? No, I don't think we have. I don't think we've ever had a guitar center caller, which is we surprising. Did. No, we did. We oh, had we the did. one guy that was, he didn't do loss prevention, but he was a longtime employee that was sad to see the way it was going. Um, I worked at Guitar Center for like six months in 2006, I think. Mm -hmm. And my job there, I was the door guy. Like, I don't even, I haven't been in a Guitar Center a long time, but I think there's just a guy that stands up front and like uh, says hi whenever you leave. And then he checks your receipt whenever you're leaving. Yep. So that is the entirety of, or at least it was, the entirety of Guitar Center's loss prevention. They don't have cameras. They don't have, like, uh, like buzzers on anything or those little things that set off alarms. Like, you're, the door guy is the entire loss prevention system. So my job was basically, like, making sure nobody stole anything. Prevent so all theft. Whenever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, but also, so, I, I, I think. Mean, to be fair. I mean, I think they're doubling down on that human interaction where, like, uh, if they're going to track me on cameras or whatever it is, I can just run out of here. But the one person that you have to, to like, lie to or kind of finesse a little bit, that trips up most thieves. But, like, your professionals are just like, fuck that. As long as I get out the door, that guitar is mine. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's pretty much, I think that is kind of how it went because, like, most of the little stuff that you could just slide in your pocket, that was all behind a counter. Uh-huh. Like, it would be extremely fucking bold to just pick up a guitar and walk out with it. Like, walking right past 
So that I don't think it ever really happened. I actually I got some. Uh, there was like you know, there's always some kind of metric. We had something I think it was called doorstop, where there's like an issue where the receipt doesn't match the items in the bag. It's usually just like the guy didn't charge something right. But like I I kept track of those and I got like an award for having the most in our district or something at one point. Wow. So I guess I was good at the job or maybe it's just like maybe people didn't really look through the bag. I don't know. I was like 19. My, my second day there, I showed up to work dripping on ass. So like there's no way I was a good employee, but yeah, like grading on a curve, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but there was one time where uh, a guy was walking out and he had a bag with like a table or something in it, like something that cost $10. And he hands me the bag and the receipt, and I look in the bag, and I look at the guy, and he's so obviously had some, like, maybe somewhat smaller than a shoebox, but some kind of box, uh, just, stra- like, in his waistband of his pants with a shirt pulled over it. And I looked at him, <laughs> and I looked at the receipt. And I handed him the receipt back, and I said, "You have a nice day." <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's pregnant with a Nike shoebox in his stomach, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it was probably some like nice headphones or something. It was about that size of box. Nice. Oh, I love that. I mean, yeah, yeah that, like, that is effective loss prevention, though. Uh, uh, to have the mm-hmm. guy at the door, I always find it like at Best Buy. Is like Fort Knox, you know, you don't want to be stealing from Best Buy. You can't, you can't get away with it, you know, and Guitar Center is the same way. It's like, well, no, there's a guy that asks, that stops you on the way out and talks to you. He's definitely going to catch me. Yeah. You know, so it is effective, Mm -hmm. but also if you don't, also if you don't help, like, uh, if you don't pay people enough, they'll just let people get by with stealing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Seemed like a cool enough dude. I was making like seven fifty or something an hour. Like, fuck it, take those headphones. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. That that's a there's good no reminder cameras, too. There's no cameras that will show me not doing it. Like, what what was your training on stopping people? Like, you they did they tell you they didn't tell you to chase people down in the parking lot or anything, right? No, I don't. I don't remember. I'm sure. I I know for a fact it wasn't like chase people down, but like it was probably like, oh, if you notice somebody uh, trying to leave with an item they they didn't purchase, you know, tell them that they need to pay for it before they leave, and you know, if they refuse, call a manager. I don't. I I was a fuck up punk rock teenager. I didn't give a. I didn't give a fuck about that. Sure. It seems like at at uh, Guitar Center, that's going to be most of the people. You know. That, well, actually, that worked most there. of the salesmen, um, well, like, the way that the sales operated, Guitar Center is like, uh, like a used car dealership or anything. Like, everything is, or at least at that time, I think it is different now, but, like, every part of the job was commission-based. So these people, it, it was like used car dealers that you would see in a movie. Like, just caricatures of these people, like, coming in, like, oh, man, that guitar looks really good on you. You got to get out of here with that thing. I would watch these like salesmen like try to prey on people all day. Like I didn't have to make any sales, so I was just watching it. And they were fucking scoundrels. Like they asked me if I <laughs> wanted to do sales, and I was like, no. <laughs> They're fighting for like spiff bonuses. 
They get like whoever has the most sales exactly. at the end of the day gets yep. a fucking Pizza Hut coupon or something. Sales is a job for scoundrels. <laughs> yep. That's yep. like what that job is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't hate you, but uh, uh, yeah, sales is a scoundrel's job. They call it the scoundrel's uh, yeah. profession, actually. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I read that in in a, uh, a book. Well, and let us know your podcast. I know you have a podcast. I haven't been able to listen to it yet because I've gotten obsessed with a a, a guy. Vic and Mackey? No, not Vic Mackey. The other guy that I talk to you about all the time. The uh, podcast. Yeah, I know. That I've gotten totally. I've been. I'm obsessed with a podcaster. <laughs> Crazy amount. Um, and well, it's not I, even I for him, work. I it's, called him. I, I, I said, it's not even for work. I'm not doing anything about this guy. I just listened to his show, you know, like I'm a fan or mm-hmm. something. I don't want to say the name because I'm afraid of him to tell you the truth. He's scary. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, let uh, people, as a long time podcast listener, like you develop the parasocial relationship and yeah, sometimes like, Oh, you should, I, I listen to everything Jake Morris puts out like the second it drops shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He just posted a Patreon episode tonight. I'm gonna listen to that after I get off the call. Well, Anyways, I uh, yeah, go ahead. I, uh, so my podcast, we like we talk about the news and like try and just like use humor to navigate how fucked up everything is. Uh, pretty standard stuff. Um, we're having a lot of fun though. We we we're like we're getting like 200 250 listeners a week. But uh, a couple weeks ago, we started tweeting at the Eve Six guy. And like, kind of pestering him to come on, and he agreed to come on. So we have the fucking E six guy on our podcast this week. Nice. And like, I'm. It was. It was so fun. Um. And I. I hope people will check it out if if you can. It's called the worst week yet. Uh. It's it's that if you're gonna listen to an episode, check that one out. He was the E six guy is fucking cool. Dude. Yeah, he's like, a good guy. No why that guy is so cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um. But yeah, we just had. We had a lot of fun talking about Biden's dog biting people and shit and uh, <laughs> the fucking cancel culture and space. Jam. It, 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 nothing good happened this week, really, but um, yeah, it was a good yeah. support. And, mm, uh, cancel I've, culture kicks I've ass. Seen, I've, seen, like, <laughs> I've seen like podcasts that are like uh, have like big, big followings, like half a million uh, Twitter followers ask the East Six guy to come on, and he hasn't. He came on our shitty little show, and I'm just like, no, uh, <laughs> I'm really excited. It was so fun. Well, that's great. Uh, good. Uh, uh, thanks sounds for like, calling. Yeah, sounds like your heart was in a blender. Yes, heart was in a bl- blender. <laughs> we did. We did sing uh, sing some E Six songs at him, and then we sang the song from Space Jam with uh, the E Six guy's girlfriend was in the background, and he, she started singing the East, uh, the Space Jam song. It was a shit show. Um, but it was a good time. So if anybody's listening, check it out. Sounds yep. fun. Have a good night. Fuck yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You Peace. too. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, loss prevention is um LP, baby. I follow the I'd follow the loss prevention subreddit. I look at it every Wednesday. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Before we do the show, there's nothing to bring to the show. I know. But it is but like really good. Fucking fascinating. Reading. It's like the podcast I was just talking about. It's like there's nothing in it for me to listen to. It. There's nothing for the show. 
But it's like, I'm intrigued. I, I don't know why, but this thing has captivated me. And that's what uh, Reddit loss prevention has for me, too. So this this week they've been posting about uh, on TikTok, kids have been using the hashtag borrowing. And it's their tips for stealing. Ah, so I did watched, you look at some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really good one. So this girl took her jeans and she put a hair tie around her ankle and then she cuffed her jeans around the hair tie to keep them extra closed and that way you could dump anything you want down your fucking pants and it won't come down the other side oh that's very cool that's very very cool pulled a casper from kids you know, yeah. slip, slip it right down your pants. But yeah, so loss prevention, they've been like, they're like very proactive and they've also informed me of the best way to steal now too. Yeah. And yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine being so into loss prevention that like you're, you're checking their subreddit every day, but they're there. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody so- in the chat said, Brian's always doing research. I swear to you on my life i'm not doing research you're a researcher (laughs) yeah don't chalk it up to research because it's it's even worse (laughs) check out uh borrowing on tiktok too it's yeah it's a good hashtag to follow yeah i gotta take a look at i gotta get tiktok back you don't have to i i called it i just called it tiktok so tiktok tiktok that's what they should have called it that's what clubhouse should be called tiktok tiktok Yeah, you, 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 have you they, done Clubhouse? Yeah, I, I've never done Clubhouse. You have? Yeah. I, got I can't a, get on there. I can send you an invite, maybe. I don't know what I would do, but it's just kind of like all the like really important people are... Uh, it's lots of condescending conversations. It's lots of people using like isms and stuff, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. The, the joke has already been made, but it is really like the conceptualism of diversification of compound media has created a, a juxtaposition in the infrastructure that's created a lot of dynamism that's going to infiltrate the thoughts and intuitions of the future zeitgeist. That's, yeah. what, that's what a lot of the people talking sound like. It's people that know too much. Maybe I should try. But it. I do like it. I think we should. I mean, I would love to get involved. I would love to go in there and have some dumber conversations than what they're trying to do over there. Yeah, there's comedians and shit. Yeah. Uh, that do stuff. Tim Dillon's on there. Don't know who that is. Yeah, comedian that I learned about from this podcast that I'm listening to. <laughs> okay. Keep it close to the chest. All right, next I call. mean, I'll say it. Don't. It's just I don't, don't. want the listeners don't. to don't. listen Thanks for to calling it. Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's your pronouns? Uh, he, him. Uh, this is Mike. What's up, Mike? I uh, called in last year uh, around the same time, and uh, I was the guy that worked at Panda Express, and also that Brian gave me shit for uh, for graduating soon. Yes, you you. So what, I I couldn't recall what was your story on Chinese New Year. They they donated your money or something. No, um, what I had sent to the Street Fight DM was that they were doing like a sweepstakes promotion for Chinese New Year, and it was like some trip to Disney World or something. And uh, meanwhile, the workers annually get one dollar, which I've learned has a little bit more like cultural significance. But okay, it's still hard to paint that in light of. Uh, them giving out like five or ten dollars in years prior ah yeah yeah um so what did you think of this story we did on wednesday about panda express 
that sounded spot on. There is nothing about that that surprised me. It was, I mean, I'm surprised, I guess, at the severity of it, but everything that takes all the like thought processes that lead to that moment are like endemic throughout the company for sure. And where were you? Definitely a top down. Like, were you in California? Oh no, I worked in uh, Kansas City. But See, it's, uh, there's no franchises in Panda Express, and it's privately owned, so it's like all one. It's all one family, right? It's top down orchestrated. Yeah. yeah, that's what we were trying to figure out. Yeah. Like, is, is this just a California woo woo thing, or or is this is this going on throughout the country? Um, wh- which I figured that was the case because I did remember your call. Um, but uh, so was there messaging from above that was related to like self-help mindset type stuff was was that just the constant oh constant messaging yeah yeah that's um yeah they have like panda core beliefs and a lot of those include like self-improvement and uh the sort and um like managers would have to read books in their off time i'd give my manager a lot of shit because i was like dude you're doing work off the clock buddy like yeah that is actually, you had a whole weekend and then you ended up reading fucking Who Moved My Cheese for 90 minutes on your free time. What are you doing? Yeah, that was what I was wondering. I, I got the impression that they have a library of those books for you when you work there. Yeah, absolutely. And is it? And, a- uh, here's something even better. Uh, and I, I wrote a paper about this uh, for, for a college class, but on our paycheck, they would have. Uh, Make sure to check out our podcast, Panda Express. <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah, it was like a motivational podcast. What was the name? Uh, Panda Express? A little bit. They put, yeah, Panda Express. So, you know, like the name, but past tense. Okay, I'm getting Expressed. that right now. Panda Expressed, you're yeah, saying. I, yeah, yeah. Like you expressed it, an anal gland. Get motivated series. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at it's, it. Um, that is wonderful. <laughs> and there's so many, I heard, I don't, I can't, I wish I heard, I wish I remember where I got this from, but there are so many of those corporate podcasts that are just being done into the void. They're like, no, you're just doing them to do them. Um, I, w- I wonder what the listenership was like for that. Well, I mean, getting a, getting, so really what they're for is for the people in the corporate office. Yeah, yeah. If you're making a conversation with the person that decided that there should be a Panda Express podcast. And you're like, I was listening to the, the podcast, you know, the other day. I was you listening bring to Expressed st- this week. Yeah. God, it was so poignant. <laughs> and you bring up a story, right? Like you, you bring up a story from the show and you like, you know, really express that you've listened to it. That is a way to move up through the ranks. Yes. You're on the bubble. Yeah. You're- yeah, I believe that. I mean, it's the same thing with the um it's the same thing with the stuff that happened there. It seems like it is a company that first of all, they probably don't promote from within to the corporate office. My guess is that they don't do that. They hire college people with college degrees. They hire from the outside. But it seems like a company who spends a lot of time trying to convince their employees that they promote from within that you will move up the ladder. If you just do these core, have the right attitude, few things. Yeah. If you have the right attitude, 
Uh, if, if, and uh, uh, that's probably the meaning for a lot of this stuff is that like they just want people to think it'll make you work a little harder if you think there's a possibility of moving up the ladder. Yeah, this is, uh, Brian, that was entirely accurate. I'd say probably four-fifths of managers are outside hires and everything above that at a higher percentage. And then below that, you know, they do put a lot of emphasis on your ability to move up through the ranks. Yeah. Like, uh, even for minors, they really pushed, like, when I was leaving when I was 17, because I was going to college, they were uh, telling me that I should become, like, an assistant manager. And I'm like, I, I can't buy cigarettes yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to boss a 35-year-old man around. <laughs> you know, where it's like, exactly. yeah, yeah. But, I'm, also, but also, like, w- with what we've been talking about with Get Motivated and everything, is that you also, once you create this atmosphere that, like, whoever has the best attitude succeeds, you can blame anybody else for their position in your company. You can say you work the line and you're not going anywhere. That's why you deserve, you know, minimum wage or you shouldn't get benefits. You know, it be, it becomes a matter of value and worth to the company. It's like you're you're not adding any added value, so we're not going to invest in you. And then it it solely becomes them getting away with not taking care of the people that sling their awful food instead. Right. Yeah. Now that's that's pretty spot on. There's one thing I wanted to touch on real quick before uh, the call's over, and that's um, if you all have looked into the state of uh, marijuana legalization in South Dakota, it's uh, a mess. And um, I'll keep it really brief. In November, uh, everyone voted. There was two um, votes. One was to legalize medical, one was full legalization. And medical passed like 70-some percent, and recreational 50-some. And in January, a court overturned the recreational because for some reason it like violated the South Dakota constitution. And uh, so a lot of people are hating our, our wonderful governor, Christy Nome for that because she campaigned hard against it. And her, her big line was no one, I've never met someone who got smarter for smoking weed, which <laughs> well, is like quite the advertising. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found Panda Expressed, uh, by the way. I found the the website for the podcast. Thirty seven epi- oh, yeah, thirty eight episodes. They do one a month. Uh, COVID nineteen vaccines one hundred one was the most recent one. Uh, Lunar New Year with Andrew and Peggy was the last one, and Andrew's three habits for a good life. Maybe. We'll look into Panda Express we got to. for for Wednesday or for even Get Motivated. It seems like that would be a good little getting in on the news sort of thing, you know? So was it a decent oh, job yeah. for a teenager or crummy? Um, it was the only job I really had as a teenager. And um, I did that and worked in a frozen pizza factory. So I didn't like the customer service aspect, but I liked being able to like talk to my coworkers, there's a lot more camaraderie and i mean the people were my age so that was nice compared to like being the youngest person by 10 years in every room yeah and 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 just one last thing before we let you go so you're a teenager are they trying to push uh that stuff on you right like are they trying to push Uh, the self-help stuff on you uh I, I just graduated college. I'm in my early twenties, but this is, I worked there for like a combined like four years. 
um, through high school and college. So they, yeah, they did like actually from day one. Yeah. They, from they day really one, they're their, like, you need to read rich dad, poor dad, or who moved my cheese or some Gary V book or something. Well, a big part of the hiring process and they stress this is whether or not the applicant smiled during their interview. Ooh. Oh, that's weird. like, that's actually make or make or break. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, 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 here's the thing. My wife, uh, just had her performance review and they told her, uh, that the other employees said she should smile more. And I was like, that seems highly inappropriate. Like, yeah, I, th where I thought at? you didn't do that to like women. They go, you know? yeah, I thought they were a cutting edge company. What is this shit? Yeah. I wish I could say the name of the company because I don't want to get her in trouble. But yeah, they, they said smile more. And I was like, ew, that gnarled me out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about this has to be done with a smile. <laughs> and my wife is like one of the, she's fun as hell. Maybe not at work. She, I think she's mean at work. I haven't figured that out yet. I know. Yeah, you have to figure out the that was a part of the of the pandemic though was finding out your like your wife's work life. Yeah, like who they are. Yeah, and you're like, are you are you mean at work? I think you're mean at work. Wow. Okay. Well. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for Take calling in. That that is uh, it's good to hear something from. It's good to hear from somebody that's been in there and hipping us to the podcast was the best thing you. You could do because I'm going to listen to every episode. Yeah, I think I sent an email about it to the street fight, uh, to the street fight address. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a hoot. I promise. Yeah, every episode. I'm lit. They're only 20 minutes, so I will just listen to all. Yeah, of them. we should do all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, take care. Uh, have, yeah, a have a good one. night. You can suggest a topic on Panda Express. What if I just type in their orange chicken recipe? See if they would. No, you know. they're not giving that up. Well, I mean, I, I'm how many people do you think suggest topics? You know, it was uh, so YKS is the one I was when I was thinking of. They had somebody that called in that edited corporate podcasts yes. as a living. Yes, and it's totally insular, and nobody does it. But you get tons of credit at your job. You're like. They're doing podcasts. That's yeah. It's crazy. We're I like, think we know somebody that does a corporate podcast. Web 2.0. I think we know somebody that does a corporate podcast. I don't We're think friends. anymore, but you're but right. did for a period. Did, yeah, yeah. you're right. Intra I mean, on the intranet. I don't know how Don't you check for do it on that. iTunes. You got to get in the internal server. Yeah, yeah. We're going to make sure 90 people listen to this. Me and you do it, and we're just fucking and shitting all over the thing. It's like jacking they off don't want talk that. and they don't want that. penis in the pocket and the underwear talk. Yeah. Just... No fucking underwear talk. Can no. you imagine doing a podcast where you can't talk about the penis in the pocket underwear talk? About raccoons having sex at the zoo late at night and paying <laughs> premium to see it? Yeah. But, yeah. Like, how would you even do a podcast where you can't do that? I mean, you, I mean, you just kiss your owner's ass and make money. Yeah, you're like, this company's fucking great to LGBTQ people. This yep. company's like, you know, your benefits package fucking really rocks ass. Or like, we have Jan opportunities. Had a, we don't have problems here. We have opportunities at Panda Express. Yeah, Jan got a raise and 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 moved up. It's yeah. can you believe it? You know, that that's the kind of talk. Yeah. You know, Corey, we told Corey's gonna take on the VIP role and it's gonna be a, a 
It's going to be a big change, but it's exciting things coming soon. I know you've all been wondering about this, but we made sure that Katie knew to smile more. Yeah. You won't see her sourpuss yeah. around the office anymore. <laughs> She's We reprimanded her for not smiling. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Street Fight Call-In Show. We appreciate everybody that called in and uh, talked to us. We had a lot of great calls tonight, and we were glad to hear from all y'all. Uh We'll be back on Wednesday to do the call-in show. How did, did you have anything you wanted to add, Brian? Tired show's over. I made it through the tired show, and I think I did pretty good. So, you know, give me a five-star review just for being brave enough to make it through the call-in show. Yeah, you did a great job. I'm impressed, for sure. Yeah. Well, have a good night. We are Street Fight. Peace.